an answer for you? Yes, but you're not going to like it. It doesn't matter. We must know it. All right. The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything is... Forty-two. Yes, yes, I thought it over quite thoroughly. It is, it's forty-two. It would have been simpler, of course, to have known what the actual question was. But it was the question. The ultimate question. Of everything. That's not a question. Only when you know the question will you know what the answer means. I just <laughs> want to go back and re-explore that one. That's, uh, that's pretty good. I, uh, we were talking about this just before, but I really do not have a strong connection to Hitchhiker's Guide. Nor do I, I know a lot of people do. Uh, I don't um, have a strong connection to, to Hitchhikers in general. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or scary, guides scary or galaxies. Yeah. Um, but, but I will, but I guess my point there is that even though I barely know this movie, I saw it once when it came out, never uh-huh. read the book. Yep. The number 42 has always like stayed with me since <laughs> right, I watched right, this right. enough that anytime I see 42, I'm like, holy shit. And I've told Tom, our friend Tom, that who loves this movie very much, how often I get the number 42 in restaurants Ooh, where I'm yeah, doing a takeaway yeah. number. And I'm like secretly thinking that people in the restaurant industry um, are, <laughs> some Truman Show are shit. giving 42 more often than other oh, numbers. Ooh, okay. Because if you have like a hundred numbers and they're the takeaway numbers at a restaurant, why, <laughs> why do I <laughs> get is, that number so often? Because I, I, this, I've wondered about this since I was a very young child because, you know, I have kind of an obsession with the number nine. Yeah. And, but I, but I always feel like I'm looking for it. Yes. And, and, and that is the thing. Yeah. And, and it's gotta be right because yeah. so many people think, cause I was going to say just does the exact same thing with 56. Oh, and yeah. she's constant. And she started pointing it out to me. Interesting. Which makes it kind of undeniable because she's yes. pointing it out each time. And I'm yes. like, okay, it does pop up I, a lot for you. I, but yeah. I also think we don't notice the, anyway, the rest um, of them. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's interesting. Confirmation bias or whatever it is. Yeah. But, um, either way, this is all I've been thinking about since we've been gone. We've been, we've <laughs> been off for a little bit actually we, we haven't been gone we just haven't been recording we have not been recording so don't call yes. it a comeback uh, we no, uh we never left we this might be the longest time in between uh recordings hopefully maybe, ever maybe yeah. ever and hopefully ever and again we apologize um, on behalf of every i know it's been tough yeah, for everybody right. out there our uh, our millions of listeners um uh, millions millions hey i got a question a for you that yeah, yeah with, <laughs> yeah, with a t yeah, tillions. um i yeah tillions <laughs> i uh I've been thinking about this, and not a lot, but I, I was thinking about this a couple times actually. And this, just bear with me on this. This is going to seem weird, but when it comes to on-screen dicks, right, yes. like penises, yes. Um, have we overcorrected? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? You know how we never used to have any. Pe- there was no penis on screen. That wasn't unless you're, you were you're, into porn. You're positing that there are too many dicks in I, film I'm, and TV I'm now. I'm not saying there's too many. I'm just asking: Are there too many? Because I think most women would say not enough dicks. M- maybe, but some dicks are not. The reason we're going to talk about movies we've seen. So I don't want to jump the gun here. Yep. But Z- the movie Zola, mm-hmm. there, there's dicks are featured mm-hmm. much in the way that in Wedding Crashers, uh, the montage of beautiful breasts falling back right, against the bed right. with all the models and stuff. And I just wonder, you know, for so long we couldn't have like Dick 
And now it seems like the Zola one makes sense because it actually fits into the story whether yes. you needed to see stuff or not. Yeah. But now it seems like there's extraneous dick. And it's almost <laughs> become the way tits are, where it's like, hey, you know what? This is rated R or this is HBO. Let's throw some tits in there. Yep. Like we got to pull people in, even if you don't really need them. And I remember way back when I went to see Watchmen years ago, mm-hmm. talking to Adam about that. And he was like, I could have done without the giant 20-foot blue <laughs> dick swinging around. Also. And my argument was always that like, well, he's become a god. Like yeah. Nudity is nothing to him, so it makes more yeah. sense that he would have his dick swinging around. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not anti-dick. Yeah, okay. I'm j- and, and also, <laughs> there's funny stuff. I know. I shouldn't even walk this up. We're going to edit this out. Walk hard. Yeah, with walk hard, there, there's Walk hard is peak dick for me. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's that dick needs flawless, to come right in. Yeah. And forgetting Sarah Marshall also, just oh, with yeah. Peter's dick swinging yeah. around and the it's dick slapping sound. Such a, they're also a funny. fraction of a second. Yeah. But there really are yeah. dicks everywhere. And, like, I, super bad, too, where there's, like, just <laughs> drawing dicks and stuff. I feel like that was on the very beginning of that wave yeah. of, like, you know what's funny is dicks, and we never use it. So anyway, I've just been thinking about this, and now that we're back, I really wanted to talk about movie, <laughs> movie dicks. <laughs> That's true. You have a giant dick note at the top of your notes. Yep, there it is. Um, Beautifully drawn. I uh, I can't say that I feel that we're uh, swimming in dicks uh, nowadays, <laughs> but I do feel – I don't feel like I'm treading dicks, yeah. uh, but I do feel uh, that, oh, um, put an image that the, the use of them – is um it, it it's all based on whether it's necessary or not and I, I do i think that there are more gratuitous mm-hmm. dicks uh than let's say gratuitous f- female anything uh no i think yeah, I, I, don't I think either. we have not corrected in that far yet but um but uh but i, I guess i hear you i hear the i hear your <laughs> dick point um generally it's uh, also <laughs> interesting because in no way am i I'm not saying that like the majority of stuff we watch is through the male lens yeah and no way am i saying that shouldn't be equalized but the other interesting thing about this debate is, you know, males have the dick situation, and that's kind of it. That's a great Females podcast have, name, the dick the situation. Dick situation. <laughs> Females have – it's about Nixon. Female, <laughs> females have the, the lower, below-the-waist situation and then also the boob situation. So there's kind of two parts that are – covered in it's it, in so you're public. saying that they have twice as much this uh, podcast chance. about movies <laughs> this podcast about movies everybody you know it, w- recently um somebody this is actually an article where a lady was saying like enough of this um you know old 19 or 1850s or whatever mentality um i'm a woman yes i have breasts yes i breastfeed you know blah 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 blah, blah. if i want to walk down the street with my breast out the way a man can with his chest out. She's like, I should be able to do that. And like, there's like a comment that was just like a bunch of dudes were like, yes, we are in favor of this and we support <laughs> you. Right. Like dudes wanting like to just bounce it around. But then somebody underneath that wrote, um, now you picture your mom and sister walking around and yeah, you're not going to be right. so in favor of this. Right. Anyway. Well, um, the, the goal is to not sexualize them right. the way that for right. the most part, is men's it? bare yeah. chests are not overly sexualized. I know. Why is that? You know? What's wrong with our, what's wrong with our boobs, Kelly? Um, I mean, mine, they're not functional. My tits don't. Mine are usually sexualized. Um, <laughs> Anyways, we're, <laughs> I don't know where I was going. We're going to delete all this uh, stuff out. This you guys is, just bear with this us. This is the worst. Uh, welcome <laughs> we're to, rusty. We welcome to episode 42. 42 episodes. Uh, meaning of the it. universe. Uh, and yeah. we, we honestly might go long. Uh, so just a uh, fair we warning. We will go long. Uh, like just, uh, like been, a giant Michael Fassbender dick. We're <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Or a Marky Mark dick. Marky Mark fake dick. Or, um, or uh, 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 Jimmy... Um, uh, 
wait a minute. Eat World. No. What? No, no. Uh, James. Uh, oh, my God. Why James I not... and the Giant Peach. Okay. Remember the dick okay. in Cary James Grant, and the Giant Peach? Catherine Hepburn and. Um, uh, Jimmy. Uh, 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 <laughs> this is going <laughs> to. Jimmy. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off your James, balcony. James. Uh, uh, um, yeah, right. The other guy. Famous <laughs> actor from. <laughs> From America's everything. favorite pastime. From everything. Jimmy Stewart. Oh there my you God. go. I can, we I Jimmy we Stewart's equally couldn't penis get it. Yeah. Has been uh, uh, described as confusingly large. Okay. And right. I recently found right. this out. So that that's right. going to be the end of the penis talk. Well, I almost promise. remind me in a little bit. I've know. got a movie I want to talk about where there's some some severe male camel toe. Ooh. Um, that I I want to mention later. I feel like so. we're just hitting our stride in episode forty two. <laughs> we found what we should be talking about. <laughs> Um, so let's let's oh, quickly just say that uh, that uh, yeah we've been gone for a while. I don't even yeah. know how many weeks it's been. Yeah. Weeks. Um, we're just doing a normal podcast, talking about a lot of movies because it's summertime. It's yeah. the end of July, and we and we can probably, go to movies again. Yeah, maybe we, we'll still be able to. I hope. Yeah, I I have faith that the that things are going to stay where they're at in terms of open and closeability of things. But anyways, yeah. um, there are so many movies coming out right now, and I've been seeing a shitload of them. We just haven't. Excuse me, been able to be uh, in the same place to do a podcast. Yeah, true. In a while, you had family in town. I was gone for quite a while. I was gone for almost a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and to put you a little a good time. You yeah. Good time. No, I did. And I I was <laughs> making notes on like where I was. And I was in New Orleans with uh, with friends. I was in South Florida with family. I was in Maryland with my girlfriend's family. Uh, and oh, and and the the fun movie related Maryland thing was that. Um, we drove over the uh, Chesapeake Bay Bridge. Huh. I don't know if you've driven over that, but um, so. it's in Maryland, and it's the bridge from Mission Impossible Three. Oh, oh! How were you not just <laughs> bouncing around in the car like so a seven year old? I, I was excited, and it's a it's a weird bridge um, in that it, uh, much like the Golden Gate Bridge, it changes at least one lane of direction based on where the traffic Ooh, flow needs oh, to go. Man. But unlike the Golden Gate Bridge, which is so California, in that there's a barrier and there's a machine that moves the barrier ah. depending on which direction more lanes right. need to go. Right, right. This one does not. So there's simply what the? arrows above the lanes that say which direction Terrifying. each lane is supposed to go. And so it's a little bizarre, even to the Equally point as where scary as the scenario I, I was told there that a lot of people don't like going over it are yeah, truly on. afraid. Uh, Larry even said that there are services that will drive you across it because people <laughs> don't want to drive across. I mean, and it, it kind of get that. It though. also I mean, has no shoulder or even like sidewalk or anything. So the the right side of your car, which is right up against the railing, oh, man. is a sheer drop. There's no, oh, there's not man. even a little bit of metal on the outside of that lane. It just is off. I can hear that. So it's a little bizarre. <laughs> um, I should mention though that looking that up, uh, they didn't do any principal photography on that bridge. There was a ton of second unit stuff, uh, and, and then, then everyone else was on a soundstage, got which it, I think it, is it. outstanding because that sequence looks I so would never good. Ever guess. I would I have thought one hundred percent on the bridge, yeah, yeah, but no, not so much. So wait, when Tom um, gets jerked by the cable, yeah, 
that was running, on a stage. It's on a stage. Yeah. I mean, it's still an incredible stunt. That, but. In that, in that, uh, I read a little bit about that stunt and about how the mm-hmm. the uh, the stunt uh, 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 the person designing those stunts was like that was not supposed to be such a significant moment. It was, you know, he jerks to the side, he yeah. hits the car, yeah. the car yeah. glass breaks, but it's like literally the climax of the trailer, and it's such an insane moment. Yeah, and he's like, it was just like any other thing, but it just came together you know so well well and i had that heard it became like, this pinnacle tom was like i've been flinching so just don't tell me when you're gonna <laughs> nice cord, yes, which yes, is yes. a very tom cruise thing to do yes so i assume and then the glass i think they didn't intend to break or maybe oh, i got this wrong i don't remember they didn't yeah. intend for that to happen they were like oh that's perfect that's it's, cool right it's so it makes good it better and then with the drone as soon as it he gets flies up, flying across by, yeah which i i guess the cgi right yeah like, i'm pretty sure and yeah. you know obviously that's not a shock but with a with a Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise, you you could also assume it was all yeah, real. They also <laughs> yeah. just flew that right past his head because yeah. it wouldn't be that out of the, out of the ordinary. Uh, well, that's cool. Incredibly impressive. Bridge. Yeah, you know I've driven down. You probably have too. But the bridge from True Lies. Oh, but, all the time. Yeah. yeah anytime okay. you go to the Keys, I'm I'm definitely yeah. doing that. So awesome. Um, I mean, not all the time recently, but uh, all the I time growing up. I run sequences yeah. in my head for the entire drive. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, yeah. All of I'm doing is playing the movie because there are still in gaps in that bridge. The bridge that they were on in that movie is the old bridge and the new right. bridge you're driving right next to it and you can kind of look over right, and see right, that right. old bridge and it's it's great yeah. um so i do want to yeah. say before we get into the movies uh and what we've seen uh we both are on letterboxd uh the app yeah, and are. i know you use it a lot um yeah. more than me Too i much. i try to just rate movies in the theater as soon as i've seen them that's my goal and I'm not rating movies I'm watching at home or right. rewatching or anything. Right. Um, but that's my system nowadays. But I can tell from some of our recent ratings that we have different opinions <laughs> on some of these movies we're going to talk about. I've been looking at yours too. And I, I actually sometimes wonder if this, if we've just got the scale slightly different. Mm, yeah, maybe we should talk about that. Yeah. We could talk about yeah, that because yeah. that's a fun thing too. I'd like to. Uh, I think I think a lot of people question the scale. I know Laurie has asked me a little bit, like, okay, so she tries to understand like why I'm rating things the way that I am, and um, and essentially, Letterboxd is an app that uh, it lets you do many many things in terms of like your favorite movies and lists and stuff, but it lets you rate them. And, um, I would say that it's a, it's a, it's a zero to five star scale with half star increments. So it's like a 10. Um, so yeah, really it's kind of like one through 10 and, uh, you also have a like button. Uh, so in addition to your rating, you can give it a heart. And once I discovered that, yeah, <laughs> there were some things that were ranked lower, but had a heart. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, well, I really like this, and but I know I, it's not great. I'm giving it a more. And that's different. Than, yeah, that is different. Than, so I, that I put it in changed. a different category. I, I rated yeah. like 500 movies, and then I was oh, like, shit. oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I've been looking at these other buttons. Yeah, you yeah, Because yeah, I just yeah. wasn't. I was just like sure. blowing through them. So anyway, well, I guess the point there is that I think I can I can round it out to being that if I enjoy a movie and I think it is, um. It is not great, but it is totally serviceable. I don't have major issues with it technically. Uh, maybe I have some story problems. Maybe I have some writing problems, but ultimately it's a, it's a, it's a competent movie with a decent story that and maybe I'd watch again. That's a three. Okay. Yeah. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then, you know, I would say that the four, four and a half and five are absolutely seldom used and reserved for something else. So that puts 99% yeah. of like okay movies yep. to me in the three, three and a half, four 
range. That's what I was going to say. That's it. Yeah. Um, the three to four, that which is seven to eight, if you're doing yes, a 10 correct. scale, yeah, yeah. is, to, in my opinion, also okay, sure. res- reserved for... Now, maybe this doesn't reflect... Maybe our opinions are different on stuff, but that's reserved for movies that you go to that you're like, this is good. I enjoyed this. There's yes. no big problems, right? It's not right. amazing, but like well made. And this and the the subject either it either has to be a little better made if the sentiment's not that Correct. interesting to me, Correct. or if the sentiment's a little higher, maybe it's not quite as well made. Technically but, but made. it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the sweet spot. And then those are the ones that I'm like, eh, probably never watch this again. But if it came on again, I'd watch it again. Yes. You know, if I had yeah. a chance to watch it. And then obviously there's a bunch of stuff below that, and I'll get into the shitty ones. However. Sure, sure. And then right. I actually clipped off the 10 the, the five stars yes completely and maybe this is wrong but i'm sticking with it <laughs> for like my top i can't remember it was like my top or 10 or 20 movies right right and they all have that perfect rating and that's it nobody oh, you no, gave no, them five nobody else enters that i see unless it's like, an all-timer and, and that could mean like we go to it's always sunny in, or i'm sorry it's uh once upon a time in hollywood yep. now that i'm just like oh this is one of those i movies. gave it a five so I gave yeah. that a, a four oh, and a half. Oh, I you gave, gave it a four and a half. half. Yeah. So that's that, that that's is fair. literally yeah. outside of the collection of movies I'd take to the desert island with me, yes. right? Which yeah. which has a lot to do with what you saw yeah. growing up to and everything else. Yeah. And then right below that is those kind of night. But that kind of cancels out the four and a half mm-hmm. for stuff. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that leaves the four and a half just for the ones like, oh, this best of this year or that's that one. fair. So anyway, I hear so you. So that kind of yeah. leaves me with an eight yeah. rating or a four star rating, eight rankings. So for you're, everything else. you're pretty much not open to giving a new movie five. Oh, unless literally unless I'm just like. This has become my new in, favorite movie. This has become one of my top ten or twenty. Like, yes. this is now an all timer that has yep. joined the pantheon. Yeah, that that's just the way I do it. Yep. This is now on my Mount Rushmore. Then that's got a ten. We'll and that's get ready because Matrix Four is coming out soon. <laughs> listen, <so. laughs> listen, there's nothing I've been waiting for more other than the next get four ready to avatars. Break out that five um, Matrix yeah. Four and the next four <laughs> avatars. Yes, please, I'm on board. Um, so yeah, really everything is the nine is like the absolute rating or the four and a half is the absolute yes. rating beyond that. And th- so that leaves me with a lot of sevens and eights for the ones, you know, three and a half and four stars for, um, I think we're on the same page there. I do use three and a half, uh, quite a bit, everything at 42, but. um, right. Um, I do use, yeah, I use that quite a bit. Um, but ultimately I, I don't remember which ones we were so different on, but I think as we walk, as we talk through some of these recent releases, we're probably gonna yeah, <laughs> come yeah. up to it. We'll figure it out. Um, so, uh, shall you start? Shall oh, I start? Yeah, what do you right, want? What last else do you thing, right say? before we start, just because this is the thing that you think, yep. oh, it's five stars. It'll be the same for everybody, and it can be very different. I'll never forget <laughs> talking about rankings uh, early in my move to LA when yeah. me and Adam were hanging out. I think I maybe told you this, um, and he was he was grading everything. On a scale of, he was grading everything the way they grade you at school. Oh, so anything below right. like seventy or a seven yes. on a scale of one to ten is actually a D and a failing grade is what. So he wasn't even using six numbers. I was like, you have a scale of one to ten, and, and you're, you're just using not using six numbers. <laughs> I was like, and really like seven. Yeah, and like it was only in pointing that out to him that he kind of acknowledged. Like he was just like, well, yeah, this is how people. Which rank. is funny because like, he's a like a statistician. Whatever that word is, things have changed. Um, he's much more aware of yeah basketball stats yeah, yeah stats yeah. but um but yeah that uh that just cracked me up how that, funny that someone and and it, neither of us it occurred that we'd be grading things differently 
we were arguing and we had almost the same like idea and ranking on everything. Sure. And we, I was like, how the fuck, like, how are you giving this an eight? You know, when I had it at like a five. Right. It's because Something's, it's like the middle of tips. the scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. Um, well, that's very interesting. <laughs> and I, I, it is tough because I don't know that I've given like zeros or halves or ones to really anything. I think I've given like maybe a one and a half because if it's a movie, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to give it like one, one and a half, no matter what, which is tough because right. really I shouldn't, I so, should, I should go lower. So but, let's just do yeah. this before, before we get into <laughs> yeah. these. Okay. So just to get to the very end of this argument, then we'll yep. have the whole yep, thing yep, covered. Yep, yep. The bottom of my scale the room. A half no. star, <laughs> which is the one. Honestly, the room is even a notch over that just because Probably a it's one. become such a Maybe thing. Maybe a yeah. one. Yeah. The half scales, though, are reserved for movies like The Room, like A Plan 9 from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. Something that's so incompetently made, that, but, but not one that gained like... It, yeah, it, it, we're trying you know, to be objective yeah, and not if, include fan... some kind of cult thing uh, or whatever. Yeah, optimism. Yeah. I get it. But yeah, it's something that has to be like, oh, look, there's the boom mics there and you can see the strings and, <laughs> and also the story sucks, right? So yeah. like Birdemic, which is I never barely that, a movie. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. even a movie. It's just like a sure. um, It's like, like screensaver birds in the background okay. and then terrible acting, you know, right. which is just a bunch of friends. And then also poorly made with like a camera just on sticks filming in a van, right? And like editing mismatches, all that stuff. The movie's no, no such music. a mess that it's almost hard to nail down what to talk about. Like that? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay, got it. That's a half star okay, or right. a one on a scale of one to ten. The ones are reserved for stuff to me, at least mostly, this is a general rule, that are made by Hollywood but ended up just being a train wreck. Right? Yes. So, like, you look at it and you're like, listen, man, like when people were saying, oh, the Fantastic Four is the worst movie ever made, right? I didn't but, even see that one. Yeah, but yeah, Miles gotcha. Keller gotcha yeah. And it's like, okay, everybody there who made that movie technically are good at their craft mm-hmm. and have made stuff that's like Oscar worthy. Yeah. So if we're talking about the whole art form of movies, there's too many departments. I'm a story guy, you know that, but sure. like, there's too many departments for me to be like, yes, this is nothing. This is the worst movie ever. No, it's like, look, it's there's, there's at least competent. Yeah, or if they there's made story, a movie, probably, yeah, yeah. Or if it's a good story right. and the acting's good, but it's poorly done. Same thing. Like you're in that one slot. Right. So everything else that's bad is kind of in that two star to, Two and a half, I guess, range, and that yeah. kind of covers my whole scale. So that's that's my ranking. That's very fair. Um, anyway, well, Letterbox. Are... It's, it's been a while since we've done this, and looking back, I, I would say the first thing I'd like to mention is in the heights. And yeah. this is gonna this is gonna also bookend this. Uh, there's another musical I want to talk about, um, but uh, in the heights is. Uh, one that I didn't expect to like uh-huh. because uh, not that they're the same thing at all, but. Um, Hearing all of the, um, the absolute insane love for Hamilton for the last many yeah. many years, yeah, so many years, and then seeing the filmed version of Hamilton, I was just like, oh my god! If I was in this room, I think I'd be so fucking bored. I was bored watching it, and I didn't care about it in the slightest. And and I'm not indifferent to stage uh, yeah. performance, yeah. like I I. I was in drama. I, I didn't perform a lot. I was, t- you know, technical crew, but I, right. but at the same time, I, you've been in that world. Um, yeah, sure. It. And I have a lot of friends that have performed a lot of their life. Uh, I don't know what it is that I don't like about it, but I think uh, as Laurie would say, 
when you sing everything, it's annoying. <laughs> um, musicals where <laughs> you sing everything, just like my brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Uh, that's that's what she says, and I would tend to agree for the most part. Um, a movie like Grease or La La Land, I can get more on board with. You yeah. have a story, and then you it's break into song than a rock occasionally, opera, like exactly. Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, Les Mis, those kind of things. I just don't identify with those ones much um, because I loved La La Land so much, and that's great. <clears throat> yeah, and I still watch it over and over. Um, that's and, a four and, and love the music. Me, the yeah, that's that's a good one. I haven't rated that one, but I would probably agree. Um, seeing in the Heights, I loved it so much. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it is because, I mean, they did sing a lot. I think it was airing more on the side of singing everything, but still you had yeah. composed scenes. Um, but uh, it, it really didn't come down to loving or hating like the style of music, the Lin-Manuel style yeah. or anything like that. <clears throat> what it came down to is that the people in it are so outstanding. Yeah, they were great. Um, and great. and just like attractive in the general sense yeah. that as you, my mom pointed out, which cracked me up. What's she said, that? A lot of good looking people in that movie. Yeah, and she was talking it, specifically about the girls. Of course, She's like you're yeah, gonna like of that. Of course, movie. yeah. Anyway. Um, the main girl in it is from the I forget her name now, but um. She's so fantastic, and she she uh, she's in the show Vita on Stars, which I okay, love so I much, which was short lived. But she was she stood out so much in Vita. I was like, this girl is fantastic and going places, and uh, hopefully she's in a lot of stuff. But anyways, the point is, In the Heights, I really, really, truly loved a lot. I saw it in the theater, and it was just like such a fun crowd. Everyone was so into it; they were clapping after yeah. musical numbers, and so we really loved it. So um, you saw yeah. it in the theater, and I this is yeah. interesting because I wonder because we watched it on stream. Right. And you talked about Hamilton and not to say that you would have loved that movie anyway or that show anyway. Yeah. But you watched that in the recording, which we did also. Right. And um, I do wonder, particularly with comedies. Yeah. Musicals, movies where the energy is big, you know, yeah. the big temple yeah, yeah. stuff, how different that can be. Because I once saw The Hangover when it first came out uh-huh. in a theater that was almost empty with like two people. Uh-huh. And I liked it. I thought it was funny. But uh-huh. I left and people were saying, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I remember being like, God, what nah. did I miss? <laughs> yeah. And I really think it was the energy of the people. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. within the Heights, we, we both, Jess and I both thought it was really good. We both enjoyed it. There are literally no no criticism. Right. I thought it ran a little bit long, mm. um, but yeah. no criticism. But I also, I don't think, I, I definitely don't have it as high yeah. as you do. Yeah. Um, and I do wonder a little bit. I mean, it could be that we just feel that way, but mm-hmm. I wonder about the setting for, for watching it. I, um, I think that. that's fair. I knew that I wanted to see this in the theater. And, um, and I, I would say that the, yeah, the pure energy of like love and joy uh-huh. is what overtook me. Meaning that I didn't leave going like, that is such a technically awesome musical. They just nailed it. They did all the musical numbers, right. You know, or the choreography, it really didn't come down to any technical thing. Right. It was just that the overall energy of the movie of love and joy, just like pure for joy. Sure. Super uh, optimistic and we need that. Just right like now, sure. was so off the chart for me that I was like, yeah, no, I this is, Lasso. yeah, exactly. Which it's, we'll it's, get to. Th- these two, I would say those two things in the Heights and Ted Lasso are the most recent examples of just like, yeah, if you, you just instill it with such yeah. positive energy, it will work. Um, if you're confident with that. The, the other thing that I, that I is interesting to think about and maybe factor in is like you said, Everyone raving about Hamilton for literally years. <laughs> years I mean, like a decade. <laughs> this is the best thing you're ever going to see. All that stuff. Because I will never forget. You know, Lion King is my all-time favorite animated movie. My all-time sure. favorite Disney. Sure. It just has a special place in my heart. And then the theater, the play show on on Broadway came out, and it was oh, just Julie Taymor and this incredible costumes and just. Right. I mean, it really is like totally unique, unlike anything you've ever seen. Sure. 
But the problem was they were showing it on Good Morning America every morning I got up when my mom was watching, right? And sure. they showed it at the Tonys and they showed it. So everything that would have wowed me and surprised me was gone. Yeah. And we went to New York and I'll never forget my parents managed to like – it was a school trip because our drama group would go. If you cool. could pay, you could go once a year to New York and you'd take this theater trip and stuff. And cool. it was great. But we had seen all the shows we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Me and this girl, Anne, were, we were with this gr- other group of our friends, and we wanted to go do something in New York. We sure. Didn't, we didn't want to go do a show at that point. And I love shows, I, you know, but we wanted to do something else. And suddenly, like, our parents emerged. Both of us, they were like, you guys aren't going to believe this. It's, this is the saddest story. <laughs> we, we, we managed to get tickets because everything was standby at that point yep. for Lion King. You're coming. Let's go. We're going to go see Lion King. We were like, well, we're kind of like we made plans. Really we're gonna, they're yeah. like, this. listen, these are unprecedented. You can't get these. <laughs> so we went with them. And, and then we went to the show. And it was like – and the whole time they were just doing that, you know, looking over at you. Oh, oh yeah. this is going to blow their minds. And it was like, one, the setting, right, of the thing, like pulling us away from something yep, else we weren't expecting yep. you to. Two, the hype, right? Which yeah. we all heard nothing more of. And then three, we had already seen like half of the show. Yeah. Because our parents were both drama people and they had all these, you know, they'd filmed it at all these, you know, sure. festivals and everything else. And it was just, and then on top of all that, loving the movie so much. I just remember saying something just so snide, such an asshole. Like, you know, my mom at the end, and I was just like, nah, movie was better. Yeah. You know, like, right. so this incredible show. And they just could not understand why we didn't like, but anyway, yeah. it just makes me think it's, of that when you talk about it. Very, very, things, so. uh, 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 time and play, you know, circumstantial. I don't know what the word is, but yeah, it's, right. it's super subjective. Yeah. And, uh, and e- even each showing of it is probably entirely different. Um, so yeah, I but don't we know. We liked In the Heights too. And that's cool. And that's we enjoyed cool. it. The one thing I'll say is, uh, as a musical fan, sure. I'm a fan of musicals, they're usually. Usually there's one or two songs in everything that I just a showstopper that I'm singing later. And and I thought there were no weak spots in In the Heights. Mm-hmm. Like and every song was entertaining and right. I was into it. But unlike a well, like a Les Mis or or whatever, even Hamilton or whatever, there's not one or two that, that stuck I point with you. to. And like Greece, you know what yeah. I mean? Where there's like just a couple that I'm like, oh, I just sing that song. I couldn't tell you one of them either. And, and, yeah. and that's the one thing because my mom pointed that out as like a music director. Sure. She really liked it too. And sure. she's like, I wish there was one or two. The whole thing was strong, but I wish there was one point. or two I could stay with. Anyway. Very interesting. I didn't think about that. But yes, I, I don't know. Um, Let's talk about uh, F9, if you don't mind. <laughs> That's the next one I had on the <laughs> okay, list. Okay, good. Um, F9. Um, F9, F9. The saga. The fast uh, saga. The fast saga, yeah. It has not been a fast saga. It's taken a long time. Can the I just say that um, before we talk about the movie, we saw it at Alamo Draft oh, House nice. in okay. downtown. Yeah. And I love that theater. Shout out. Big shout out. Um, I've been there quite a bit recently. And the um, main reason to go there for me is that they clearly have such a good business model and such a good head on their shoulders on a corporate level that they, um, they spend a lot of time editing their pre-show. And so they have one or two or 10 or something editors somewhere that are doing these segments that the play during the pre-show that is and, great. And, and yeah. th- in this case, because F9 was just so huge, it was the big release this summer, pretty much. Um, and they knew that it had this huge cult. <laughs> it's like, ha- is it a cult? If it's everyone? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It yeah. just has such a following and such like goodwill behind the series, uh, even though we get that it's all stupid. But it we love it so much. Yeah. Um, we love the stupidity. We're along for the ride. They had a nine. They had two <laughs> videos before the movie. Thank God we got there early. 
One of them was, and I think I told you this, um, it was a little featurette about Better Luck Tomorrow, which is Justin Lin's yeah. old movie with yeah. the character of Han. Right. And it was, but it was, this segment's completely produced by Alamo. And it was an explanation of that character from Better Luck Tomorrow and how he fits into um, F, or the Fast series yeah, yeah. and how... Th- it is unofficially the prequel or sequel to these movies. And uh. it just explained it in such a weird matter of fact way that you're like, okay, cool. That's a little like bit of the, the culture of this movie. And then after that was a nine minute recap of the previous <laughs> eight movies. This really is um, why Alamo produced is by Alamo with VO that was very fast along with the cutting and yeah. then in it had a like a countdown clock in the corner and it just recapped all the movies and you're like thank god they did this it, it, it's, it's why we like new bev and going to the right. tarantino stuff he, he it's sets, just so he well puts done. you in the in the mode that you need to be in mm-hmm. there's no like rushing in from going to the bathroom grabbing your popcorn no like, you are going to be embedded in it and it just yes. makes for a better experience and that is really cool it is an experience that. ours was the exact opposite before we get into the movie of our experience we we went and saw it in IMAX. Um, oh, yeah. IMAX. Right. And it was a great setting to see it in. And sure. a great crowd. A full theater, you know, opening night or something like that. Right. Um, and they opened with the, you know, kind of the op- the a segment, a, a, a little segment from the upcoming Jurassic World You told movie. me this, and I'm jealous I didn't and, see it. And, and like they do often in IMAX, they, you know, they didn't really, there was no preview, you know, the following preview has been approved for no. this motion picture before then. It just started going, and it always seems a little <laughs> bit like the movie, but you're also used to this in IMAX, or at least I was. Yeah. So as it came up, and it was literally dinosaur, immediately dinosaurs, <laughs> kind of off in the distance, I was thinking... Well, this is this is one of those you know extended trailer yes. things that we're seeing, but then I started thinking, there's no other series, there's no other series that would actually begin millions of years before with dinosaurs right. than Fast and the Furious, right. like unapologetically yes. and out of nowhere, not having it before, and we'll cut to them going to space. We'll get to that. But we're watching this. And I got Chance on one side of me, and our buddy Chance, and I got um, uh, Jess on the other side. Yep. And Chance leans into me and he says, wait, how did the eighth movie end? Like, <laughs> genuine confusion of like, yeah, what yeah. did I forget? Yeah. And then Jess is like, I swear to God, if they're fucking cave mm-hmm. drawings of like a car and we're incorporating, yep, yep. you know. Hilarious. Travel, Hilarious. Again, there's no other series. There's no other scenario where we wouldn't be idiots to wonder if this was the beginning of uh, Fast Fast Nine. Well, as a great segue, you saw that. How did this get made? Release their F Nine podcast yes, like yes. yesterday or the day before. So yes. I've been listening to that. I'm well, not done with and it. as we've yeah. talked about musicals, Vin Diesel is on the record saying he wants the tenth Fast and Furious to be a musical. I'm not. That's not a joke. Um, now, whether that will happen, I, I don't. Obviously, I don't know. But, but we all laughed and joked about them going to space. Yeah, they did it. And uh, Justin Lin, I was listening to a podcast. I, there's another podcast I listen to called Movies That Changed My Life. And right. on that podcast, they talk a little bit about what they're doing. And he said, our our motto in starting with when he came on board, right, right, is never get boxed in, right. And when you think about it that way, as much as it is silly and it is dumb. Um, they are unique. Like this series is unique only in that they will not say no to anything. Like right. if they want to do something, it can be nonsensical. It doesn't have to work. Mm-hmm. And in embracing fully, embracing it'll be fun. A hundred percent rather than like 90% or whatever yeah. you, it kind of 
allows you not to critique it. I mean, we can all say it's stupid. Sure. But then beyond that, it's anyway. So the no, movie, sure. the movie itself, what did you think? Um, really enjoyed it, and and I, we have the we have the benefit, Laurie and I do. Of she hadn't seen a lot of them. She had seen, I think, one, two, three, maybe. So, so what, by one, two, three, you actually mean <laughs> one, two, seven, sure, six. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. my head just exploded. Yeah. That used um, to be. The, yeah, the yeah. Uh, I uh, I think we had the great benefit of having watched all eight plus Hobbs and Shaw for the few weeks leading up to it. it. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, I can say without a doubt that this one, F9, and, and Laurie agreed with this, that they are in the, this is in maybe like the top three of the series. Okay. Um, that we we love Fast Five. That's the Brazil yeah, one. Yeah. And it's so friggin' wonderful. Uh, and the original is classic, and I yeah, love I agree it. With that, you got to put that one. I there. would Back say they were actually. I would say that the first one and the fifth one, and then this one probably is my order. Yeah, um, because I've disliked so much Hobbs and Shaw. I really dislike, even though Hobbs and Shaw is also just yeah, a big, sure. fun, dumb thing. Um, there was something about it that didn't work for me, like big time, and so I didn't like Hobbs and Shaw. And then uh, seven and eight really didn't like either. And I think mostly because it's a combination of I hate the um, uh, what's her face character, Charlize Theron character. Oh right, and oh, and you, know, like you okay. and you didn't have uh, Justin Lin directing. Yeah, the last one he did was six. Seven's he did hard five for me to even six. rate because to me it's or so four, five, it's so married to the Paul Walker death. Yeah, I know. Like I mean, and, and that's not fair, don't get me wrong. That's like, that's huge. I remember leaving that one and being like, well, I didn't feel about that one the way I did five and six, but also I don't. I don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, it just, it was about something different than the movie to me. Maybe yep. that's not fair. Yep. But, um, um okay. well, anyways, that's how we felt. I really you know, super enjoyed it. And, and, and I'll just say the only, the only note that I really have about the content of the movie, because the, 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 you know, how do you talk about a movie with this much crazy shit in it? The fact that the writing of the movie, and this is a new writer that's never written one of these before, right. uh, incorporated this meta Roman B plot yeah. about, yeah. uh, that they can't die. Yeah. Um, yeah, is it's it's so like in that my opinion funny. tastefully done. It's firstly I think really good comedy the way that it's presented, and then I think it's exactly what you needed to do, and it's also semi profound in yeah. a way because Roman never has anything significant <laughs> to do. Profound, but Ro- I no, no, saying. I just mean relative. Roman is the least yeah, yeah. kind of. He's <laughs> there to be the guy who says. You you guys ever think about the crazy shit we've done? Well, even you but mean we're that's gonna go what to he's, space. That's what he's saying in this one. All the previous ones, he has terrible one line bits of dialogue that have no bearing on anything. He's the least kind of c- included in the group in terms of actual stuff for to sure, do. For sure, and that's how it's written. That's not by accident. His character is so underwritten on purpose to be this super side right. co- comedic relief guy that just is so bumbling. And then they give him this shit to well, do and it's see, so much the better. They keep getting ahead of the audience because they know that instead of trying to like fight back against, Oh, they're right. The, the audience is yeah. like, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. They, they actually lean in and take it a step further. Right. And they're like, but right. also what I'm, you have, I'm we're exactly aware of with this. you. Yeah. So, that's what and they do. Roman has in the past ones, pretty much everyone done the whole, y'all ever think Acknowledging about this? the thing that it's they're just doing. Never been something that they took that conversation further. Right. Right. And said, you know, it was always like a, a one-off joke. And yes. now it's like, you're right. We can't be killed. So, um, that was funny. I agree with you. 
Um, somehow the going to space thing seemed even at a different level of, of silly and dumb to me than the other stuff. Okay, sure. And look, I'm still with it. It's not like it ruined anything for me, but I was just like, all right, I sure. guess we're really truly. And I guess it's no weirder than the bridge and defying physics and, you know, hooking into the bridge with a car and swinging over. It's great. A, it's great. I see it and I have no notes. No. Um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this. It's movie. great. Um, but yeah, so you know, we'll we'll get more of them, and maybe we'll get a musical, and who knows? Well, but, um, we have so many movies here to talk about, or I know I do. Um, rolling along, Black Widow. What did you think? Um, did you see it? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I this is just a movie up my alley. It was just a fun spy thriller, mm-hmm. but it just happened to have a Marvel stamp on it, and right? So it doesn't even feel like a Marvel movie. There are no superheroes. They're talked about, you know, in the background. Don't know why it came out now instead of earlier, right? right. The timeline, whatever. But um, I really liked it. I really enjoyed just beat for beat the whole mm-hmm. thing. I thought the style and the tone of it were really cool. I loved the music. The atmosphere mm-hmm. of it was really good. I think uh, Florence is fantastic. I think yeah, she's a good treasure. She's a total um, treasure. And uh, I mean, it was like a, a female Bond movie. And like I've told you before, man, that maybe that's all I need. Like mm-hmm. I'm not really the best objective person because there's things I just like. But I thought it was great. I, and I was actually thinking about afterwards with like the 20 some 20 plus Marvel movies, you know, outside of your like in game with knowledge just for being able to wrap everything up so precisely yeah. and done well. And the original Iron Man and maybe like Thor Ragnarok, right? Like with the exception of like those, I think. Captain America Winter Soldier is up there for me in the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. It's right there at the top of that next tier for me. That's There's interesting. There's a bunch I don't like. But, yeah, yeah. But, but because I don't – and maybe this is, again, like I said, oh, I like spy stuff. Maybe this is also because I don't care that much about superhero stuff. Right. That I'm not – That it know, fits I'm not more, in the middle it kinda, objectively. But, it kind of increases its uh, palatability yeah. or whatever to you. So I really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, I, uh, I would tend to agree with most of what you said. I wouldn't put it quite as high. I'd put it probably closer to the middle or lower of those – kind of middle tier stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I agree. Florence is great. Uh, David Harbour is also wonderful. Um, yeah. uh, uh, what's her face? Rachel Weiss and, yep. uh, and Mrs. Scarlett Bond. are fine. They're kind of, they're kind of bland. Uh, I would say one of my favorite things about it, which you're probably talking about with the tone and the style, uh, honestly, the whole opening, the first like 10 minutes of the movie, I fucking loved the opening, the escape with yeah, the plane, great. like all of it. I was just like, this is outstanding. And I thought it was going to keep that tone throughout. But it is a foregone conclusion that the director of this movie, who if you look up, she hasn't really done, I think it's I think it's a woman. She hasn't really done much else. Um, just kind of a small indie director. Um clearly did not have control to not have these insane action set pieces yeah, yeah, yeah. in it. Um, because I just expected that. Stuff. It, yeah, I, no, a hundred percent. I'm not at all saying that that wasn't uh, going to be there, but I just mean that um, it's a little like whiplash uh, in terms of the style of the movie, the whole ending and uh, climax and, Sky shit. I uh, well, like all movies that have to fit into a bigger story, and this is what we don't. Yeah. We no longer shit on Marvel for, and we probably should. Right. The, literally concluding this movie to me in a fine way, in a satisfactory way. You know, yeah. everything. Right. And then, okay. Now we now we split. You know, up with like no explanation. Uh-huh. It's the same as all those prequels where they're like, we've told a story that's separate. And now to get from one to the other and bridge them, we're just going to make this happen. It's too any- bad that, yeah, they they have to, the, in order to incorporate this into the Marvel world, they have to make it this big thing. And it it just, I don't know. They could have spent $50 million less and then made less, but it yeah. would have been a more substantial movie. 
Um, and it, they just choose the right. lower common denominator always um, right. because it, it has the bones of being a really good, like you said, like a spy thriller. I mean, look, it made more me think subdued. of Honor Majesty's Secret Service mm-hmm. with like these these widow, right, these girls that are controlled yeah. and secret sleeper agents all over the world. That stuff is very enticing to me. It's stuff, very, yeah, yeah. It's a very exciting idea. So, yeah. Well, anyways, they just shoved in too much for me. Um, I know you loved this one, Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> a new legacy. You know what? I'm a uh, only thing I'm going to say about Space Jam. Yes, too, is that I think LeBron is very charismatic. And if you go back and look at the LeBrons, the the, the commercial where he was like he played four of himself from different eras and a family. Oh, there's no commercial. This is like 15 years ago. Sure, he's great. He plays like a 70s LeBron, an old really? man, a little cool. kid, and he's really good. And he's been good in other stuff. Him playing himself. To me, I don't want to be a dick. Like, it felt so mas- masturbatory. Like, mm-hmm. there's something about Michael Jordan, and I know I'm a Jordan fan. I don't think Michael Jordan is a good actor. I don't think he's as good an no, actor no. as LeBron. Right, correct, like, yeah. But just being himself and authentic mm-hmm. and comfortable in his skin, maybe this is a product of, like, Twitter and guys that it, are it always better on. for you, yeah. It, it, I just, it all felt. I don't know. Uh, it just felt so forced and so inauthentic. LeBron is my LeBron. least favorite part of this movie. Amy was um, just bad. Yes. He was just bad. Yeah. The other thing is, listen, I was never one of these kids that, you know, Space Jam is a gr- the greatest sports movie. It's a great movie. I never thought that. Space Jam is a fun movie. It's insane. You know what I mean? And it's a big commercial. The real question is, do you think this is a better movie than no, the original? 100% no. Um, because I'm 100% by, that it is a far better movie than the first one. A thousand percent no. <laughs> and, and people have been raging about this on the internet. A yeah. bunch of people think it's yeah. better. A bunch of people think it's worse. Right. So the, the original movie, to me, one, the tunes I felt like just did Were better. More, had more to do. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. one is about putting everything that Warner Brothers owns Shoved in the, the movie in and yeah. not giving them any time to do anything. Yeah. You know, Bugs and, uh, you know, all the characters throughout the first one with mm-hmm. Michael, I mean, they're imploring him, help us, we need you to play this game or we're mm-hmm. going to be trapped and yada, yada, yada. And with Jordan, you know, you've got Bill Murray and and Larry Bird on the golf course. That stuff is all genuinely funny in, right. in Space Jam, right. in the original Space Jam. When the players lose their powers and you have Charles Barkley walking around and he can't beat kids on a playground, <laughs> that stuff is all funny in yeah. the original Space real, Jam. Real comedy, and yeah. ultimately, as dumb as the movie is, and as much as it's unnecessary, the first one as well, yeah. the scenario of aliens are coming down, you got one game to play for the fate of humanity, who are mm-hmm. you picking your team, has become the sports scenario. Right. I know we've now. talked about this. And, yeah. and it's no, it's not a good movie, but it is literally, if you're a sports fan, if you're a basketball fan like me, that's become like a staple in and how we talk about sports. will talk about it. Yeah, yeah. That's how what they do are it. Your, yeah, so guys. the iconic, it, how iconic that has become and yeah. how embedded in our culture, this one to me was like, I don't know, like Michael Jordan's family is pushed to the side in the first one. And I think that's maybe for the better because like <laughs> sure. they're not going to act well together and feel like a good family. Sure, yeah. And that stuff all just sucked in this one. And like LeBron being like tough on his kid when in mm-hmm. actuality, you know, we all know LeBron's actually a good dad and cares a lot about his kids and does a lot for them. Right. And then like learning, oh, I got to. I got to be good with I, like that stuff is all thematically relevant. And it's good. It just all felt dumb and poorly yeah. done to yeah. me. And because that is the through line of the movie, the only thing I liked about this movie was Don Cheadle. And when they <laughs> sucked bad, everybody yeah. in again, it was so quick to pull everybody in there. Yeah. 
that it just didn't mean that, you know, I, I miss Newman running around mm-hmm. like looking for a Jordan, like digging a giant crater on the golf course. Yeah. They'd be like, what are you doing? I'm fixing a divot. Like they're, <laughs> oh, they're just a bunch of shit in the original space jam to me. Yep. That is, makes it worth watching. And this one I'll, I'll there's never quite a bit of personality to. in the original that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but I, I would generally say that this one has a, uh, gosh, it is, it is weird to say, but I think this one has more of a story to tell, even though the beats of it are not that well done. Um, the original is just a smaller thing. This one bit off so much because they shoved in so much stuff. Um, and I still can't really, I saw this with, uh, Lori and her friends, kids. And uh-huh. so it yeah, was, hey, a, a, you know, and that's who it's made kids. for. It doesn't matter um, whether my 38 year old ass likes this. Like, I, it's not made. For uh, me. just a couple of notes I have. Uh, it's really too bad that they didn't have a really wonderful theme song for this oh one. God, I know there was no song the soundtrack. Um, the whole soundtrack of the original space jam yeah, was like a agree- thing. In agreed. 96. Agreed. And I, they, they, I, it's weird when they have so much money to do this, why they wouldn't yeah. make that a point. Because all of um, LeBron's people he likes are like rap artists, and I just don't think you can do that with a family movie right. with the same impact. Uh, I feel like you could have you could have found you someone. Some, you just yeah. pay him a, enough money. Um, I absolutely <laughs> loved, even though this is so derivative of a Ready Player One and the concept of just shoving in as much IP as possible. Uh, and and it's, they're both Warner Brothers, so you have like the same IP in both. Um, but uh, the Mad Max world. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> was so fucking. There's funny. there's a couple moments I that are funny. I loved like that. that, and it, yeah, of course there are a few. Um, not not a not a ton, but um, I uh, I think this uh, I think this did a good job. Um, the Michael B. Jordan thing was funny. That cracked me up, <laughs> yeah, and I knew it wasn't sure. going to be Jordan's. I was wondering what sure. was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But that cracked me up. But again, yeah, not certainly not better. That's really more of a stunt, even though it works. Mm-hmm. The the again, I'll put the scene yeah. in the original Space Jam against it. You know where Jordan's giving them all the speech. You know, and they and yeah. Bugs ends up convincing them. Yeah, this special stuff is what we need. <laughs> yeah. It's water, right? <laughs> right, right. And then when he tries to convince, he says it wasn't special stuff anyway. It was all inside you all along. And they're like, right, right. Yeah, but, but you, do you have more some? of it. Yeah, <laughs> these, these moments are like anyway. So it's fine. It is interesting to me, and it's funny to me that Space Jam was like literally the first movie to ever right. have a website, and it's still up, and you can go to it, and it's terrible, and right. it just sits there, and there's like a couple things you can click on sure. that just go to one other page it's very cute. still with writing and now this one takes place in a computer and it's all about like, it is a funny world. Yeah. It, that's an interesting bridge but yeah. that's really all i got to say about it unless you want um to no no not at all um what's your next one that you want to talk about so um i'm just gonna uh bounce a couple of these out Shoot, actually yeah. first let's let's uh I, w- I know you saw zola and yep. i saw zola sure and i just want to tell people listening i'm not gonna give up too much away about this but right. If you get a chance to see Zola, I really think you should see Zola. <laughs> I I did it the way that I think all of you should do it. If you haven't seen Zola, is it is it is an R-rated movie. It's a movie about uh, some very very adult concepts. Uh-huh. Um, but I literally only saw the poster. I never saw a trailer. I didn't know what it was based on. What this back backstory is, and if you can go in blind like that um this is why it'll be great <laughs> i think it's a good movie because i, I did so it the exact it. opposite way and still enjoyed it just okay as much. got it got i read it, got the it. entire thread you did of okay. that this girl wrote like four years ago and it was such a wild this is ride. a movie based on it tweets. was such a wild ride that <laughs> i was like don't oh, look into this it. is one of those hey 
that fucking night. You know, it was one of those one night. You remember what happened that night? It's one of those movies, but like I'd never seen before. Right. Again, I think the style of it was so interesting. I thought yeah. everybody in it was good. Um, it makes you laugh. It makes you kind of scared. Um, yes. And if you've read the thread, I-, I could not go see it after right. I read the thread. So right. I read the thread and I was like, well, I got to see what the hell they did with yes. this movie. And I still enjoyed it just as much. So I'm just going to recommend that one. I'm not going to say anything. I highly recommend as well. Yes. But definitely check it out. Um, I'm going to rattle some off. And Shoot, I don't yeah. want to talk about all of them because it would take forever. But I'm mm-hmm. just going to rattle them off. And then if, whichever ones, if you want to. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, saw man, I saw Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Okay. Uh, went to see, see Snake Eyes with my brother when he was ah, on here. Yeah. We were G.I. Joe fans. Just saw Green Knight recently. Oh, I haven't seen um, that yet. I think but, la- yeah. Two nights ago. Cool. Uh, Luca. Watch that one on streaming. Um, no Sudden Move, the new Soderbergh uh, movie. I don't know oh, if you I haven't. that one with Don Cheadle. Um, Shiva Baby, which is on oh, that's on my list. HBO, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix, oh, I which don't even is know kind of is. a love letter to Scream, I guess. In okay, that trilogy form. It was fun. Um, sure. America, the Motion Picture. Um, I haven't seen that, that either. No. <laughs> okay, um, it is definitely a lesser, like a C version of Team America. Okay, yeah. But nonetheless, if you enjoy that, if you sure. enjoy complete revisionist made up from day one history, as if like a first grader was that like, sounds funny. Knew yeah. some American concepts and then just made up the rest and just robot <laughs> armies and sure. uh, Washington and Lincoln fight together and they're actually badasses. That kind of cool. stuff. Um, I watched Ice Road with Liam Neeson. God, on you've seen so many that I haven't seen. Um, yeah. Good on paper. Okay, which is another no. Netflix one that I checked out. Um, we both watched, and this is one I definitely want to talk to you about. We both saw Gunpowder Milkshake. Mm-hmm. It's a Netflix movie that got a super limited uh, theatrical release, and one of the theaters playing it was Quentin, Quentin's Theater, the new Bev. And so they only play on film, so presumably this might be the only film copy of the movie because it's a digital movie. Um and uh yeah we all went and saw it a couple of weeks ago i um it it doesn't stay with me i think what i left thinking is that it was enjoyable and i do like a lot of the people and the concepts in it um but it it's hard when it's so so derivative of quentin tarantino himself right to kind of give this movie as much merit and respect as it probably deserves i would say that someone like quentin probably sees a movie like this and doesn't worry about how derivative it is of him he must know that it is that his movies influence all kinds of things um, it's probably like me watching black widow where i'm like oh i like spy stuff exactly kind of does you know he likes it so he probably sees it and goes this is great i yeah. love it it's so fun you know and it is doing some things that his movies don't do and um and obviously, it's going to have a different tone and everything. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, it's kind of middle of the road to me. I thought it was fine. I yeah. think we left and you said you said something like, you know, it's a shame there's so many that are made like this. And I remember thinking, it's a shame it wasn't better. It's not that it wasn't any good. It, no, it's no. Just, and it, it is I was it is good, excited yeah. for that one. Like, Jess was really excited. I was too, you saw yeah. the people in it, the poster. You could tell, like, the kind of style it was going to be. It's kind of a roller coaster, though, because it. It doesn't it I didn't think it was as good throughout like I really li- went from liking to disliking yeah. to liking the yeah. movie within the span yeah. of the you're movie right. You're right about that. so aggressively that I I can't think that that's a good thing um but I meaning it's just very uneven um yeah. but uh, I think what I was saying when we left was yeah this this genre that is um kind of like a, a badass uh, uh what do you call it mercenary type 
people that are just like sick of it. They're going to fucking da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In theory, on paper, I like that. But you have your John Wick. You have your nobody. You have your um, uh, what's the one uh, atomic blonde. You've got right, your right. you got oh, your yeah. this. Yeah, it's right uh, there firmly quite in that a, subgenre. Quite a, it's just there's so many of them. And John Wick has done it already so good. Um, and obviously, it's kind of all derivative of Kill Bill to begin with. Like, yeah, that's kind 100%. of the, the thing that's semi started this. Um, so I don't know. It's just a, it's a little bit oversaturating. So it's a, a kind of exhausting. Well, yeah. let me say really quick. I, I highly recommend Shiva yep. Baby. Um, cool. I, I just, I'll check that one out. Yeah. yeah. It's uncomfortable by design. And I just thought they did a really good job with it. It's right. not the kind of movie that I'm even really into. But right. Jess and I both like that one. We got sucked in. Um Definitely see No Sudden Move. Soderbergh has kind of become the guy who I just am interested in everything he does. Yeah. I don't even necessarily like everything he does, but I'm like, he's just so interesting to me as a filmmaker and as an artist. And I I, I like that he exists I think, in the world. I think most people agree with you in that we, we generally don't love everything he makes, but that's not the point. Um Gates McFadden has a podcast now. I don't know yeah, if you saw yeah, that. I saw that. It's called Investigates. Um, great, and great um, title. Gates McFadden is she was Beverly Crusher on on Star Trek: Next Generation. Oh, yeah, amongst many other things, she's a famous choreographer and dancer. Um, and still just lovely. She's like beautiful. one of the most wonderful people alive. And, and yes, absolutely stunning. Um, she is uh, interviewing in this new podcast primarily to start with everyone from TNG and then presumably maybe she'll nice. move on to other celebrities, but um, she's, she's just knocking out everybody. And so I listened to the LeVar Burton one the other day Ooh, and yeah. they, and she asks him cause LeVar and Michael Dorn and um, uh, well, maybe a, l- a little less so Michael Dorn, but uh, Jonathan Frakes especially have made careers out of directing now. Right, they direct right. television like crazy. Yep. They springboarded so off that show. And so LeVar, um, who of course uh, also did Jeopardy the other or is Hopefully in the middle of the doing host guest host of Jeopardy. I haven't watched any yet. But anyways, I love LeVar, LeVar as well. He, um, She asks him, what is your favorite director working today? And he kind of goes on this little rant about Soderbergh. And he's like, I think I have the most respect for what Soderbergh does and how, especially in today's day and age, has carved out a niche for himself where he's shooting his own stuff and he's kind of – he's just not falling into the mold of anything else in Hollywood from a business standpoint and from a content standpoint – uh, to the point where, yeah, you have to respect it, and I and I wish I was more encyclopedic with his stuff. Dude, and he'll I think do, I should he'll watch. do the Ocean's Eleven Hollywood movie, and then he'll do a movie he shot on an iPhone, right? And, and right. you're not gonna like both, but like right. I think he gets that pass because all the stuff we bitch about, mm-hmm. he's do he's answering that yes. and responding to it. All the stuff we bitch about, oh, this is the same, and you're just churning out the same stuff, like. He's, he's actually like reacting constantly to that and, and doing um, something, maybe improving or maybe yeah. or or adjusting. Yeah, adjusting. And when he makes those big Hollywood ones, yeah. they're they're better than most of the big Hollywood. Yeah, they like, are. Like he's he is very yep. talented. Anyway, yes, yes. So yeah, I would say re- recommend gotcha. that one. Um, cool. Good on paper is a Netflix one. It's um Eliza was it Scherzinger? I, I never know if I'm pronouncing her name right. She was the girlfriend of Matt 
I'm sorry. She was the girlfriend of Mark Wahlberg in that detective, the Spencer confidential movie. You remember <laughs> yeah, her? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Bond, and she does a lot of stand up. That was a fun movie. Um, this is an interesting movie, man. It's not one that's like an absolute you got to see. I actually wasn't thrilled about the ending. Right. But it's really just a relationship movie that yep. takes a lot of turns that you would not expect if you don't watch the trailer. Sure. Um, so we're checking out Luca. I thought I, we really enjoyed <laughs> I, Luca. We got about 30 minutes through it and turned it off with the att- with the intent to maybe finish it. But, um, just God, got tired I, or I don't did, think or I've ever it. been uh, both. Okay. Both. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, I Luke, was so bored. Luca to me was a poor man's Little Mermaid. Okay, sure. Because yeah. it felt thematic. It's totally different than that movie, but it also just the whole thing of I'm going to yeah. go up on land and I'm going to do this and yeah. stuff. Um, but we still enjoyed it. Um, Green Knight. Is, I'm gonna see that like in the next two days, probably or three days. Yeah, you know what? So I don't. We've, this, you don't we're have, have to have a long podcast. We, so let's just talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah. one off yeah. off pod. But that's a, a a famous old myth, and it was it was exactly as I thought it would be. Cool. That's all cool. I'll cool. Say. Cool. That's great. Um, yeah, I would say anything that we both haven't seen, we don't need to get too into. But you can yeah, recommend sure. stuff for sure. Um, and I'm about to do the same because I've got a few. Uh, I saw the Roadrunner uh, film about Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yeah, how was that? Uh, really wonderful. I didn't know a lot about his backstory, so that's great. It'll fill it in for you if you're into that. Um, the Loneliest Whale is a documentary I saw about this whale that sings at 52 hertz and no other whales recorded sing at this frequency, so he's lonely. <laughs> he can't oh talk. He or God. she cannot talk to any other whales. Um, Why are you going to? Isn't it sad shit? Isn't it? Isn't it a wonderful concept for something to teach someone about? It is a really poorly made documentary, in my opinion, and it's it's a bummer because I don't understand what's different about this from other documentaries uh, that critics seem to love. This it's got very high ratings. Oh, okay. And I think it's really poorly told. It's just a story that's lacking. They didn't have enough money. They didn't have enough footage, and so on and so forth. But it's interesting. Um, we saw old. <laughs> oh, you um, did. See, yeah. I just can't make myself go see it. Go uh, see it. Or I guess you could wait, but I, 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 um, all I'm going to say about it is that if you're honest with yourself about which Shyamalan movies you like, and I think that we're probably on the same page that his first three, um, unbreakable six sense and signs yes. Are a wonderful trilogy of movies that we love kind of equally. I love all three of those. Mm -hmm. Um, Starting with The Village, it starts a pretty downward trend, right? Right. And then um, not until Split did we go, oh, that was better. Oh, remember he was down. It's not down anymore. It's kind of coming back up, right? And then it's a bummer because then uh, Glass came out, and I thought that was worse than Split by quite a bit. Um, this one I would put in the higher tier of his okay. filmmaking okay. for sure. Um, the story is decent. The performances are, some of the performances are wonderful and then some of them are bad. It's a weird mixture uh, of like poor casting maybe. Um, but, um, this main kid in it and I forget his name. I think it, is it Alex, Alex, something, uh, the kid from Jumanji, um, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking Alex, about Alex. I forget his last name. Um, is wonderful in this, and he's also in another movie I'm going to talk about in a second. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I think see old. Um, it, okay. I, I don't, don't assume it's going to be wonderful, but it, it, 
it is not the bad Shyamalan well, that you kind of expect. Well, it's also tough for me my because opinion. I know we see everything, so we're constantly saying, oh, I don't like these kind of movies, and then yeah. we end up seeing them. But I really, it, it always takes a little more effort for me to see any kind of horror type of thing. Oh, sure. Because yeah. it's not my genre. Yeah, yeah. And now I've seen, <laughs> Jess kind of makes fun of me because she's like, yeah, and you've seen every one. Like we talked about this, <laughs> and you've seen every, I'm literally like, oh. It's not my genre, but I've seen them all. This one, that one's actually pretty good. Horror but, is really hard. But, but yeah. it, it makes it more difficult, especially in the initial run, yeah. for me to be like, okay, I'm hyped. I have to make time and right. I'm going to go see that. Right. Whereas other things, it's just like I just make the time. So I got anyway, you. I got yeah. you. But um, yeah, keep going. A couple more real quick. I saw Inside in theaters with Lander the other night, um, which I would – I, I know that was just a short engagement, but I just wanted to reiterate that that's wonderful. Yeah, and it was, it was really, really awesome to see it in a theater. Um, I, I actually had a couple friends have now texted me sure. because they've gone to see it in theaters and they knew I liked it. And like some didn't know I'd seen it and they were asking, Hey, have you seen this? Yeah. You know, it's just that excitement and where people really enjoy something. And other ones were like, Oh man, you were right. This, sure. is, this is great. So the, uh, I, I know you saw this, the tomorrow war. Uh, you didn't talk about it, but I, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just going to say that I did see it. I watched it with my family in Florida and it, uh, is one of the worst things I've seen in quite a long time. Um, of this type of thing, like it's a big budget action, action movie with Chris Pratt and it's time travel, which, you know, I love. And I just, I don't know how you make such a bad movie. I think it's a great example of the stuff that's, done today i know this is kind of a cliche to say but 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 it's also true the stuff that's done today poorly that comes from like it's a concept that you would have probably really liked the movie in the 80s and 90s maybe early 2000s and we just seem to be churning them out i don't know if we're working quicker we're not figuring it all out but there seems to be just a bunch of them that are like oh this sounds like it could be cool and then they end up not being i forget this director's name but he did all the lego movies um, yeah, which were great. Yeah, exactly. Like, My point is that the Lego movies have so much personality and character and humanity. Well, listen, there are plot holes in that movie you can drive a fucking seven forty seven through. But and I'm not, I'm not even nitpicking time travel, here. right? Not even the time I'm just travel stuff. About, yeah. Like, it, but anyway, yeah, no, it's not even worth talking it, about. I just J.K. Simmons jacked that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> That is it true. gives me hope for he like is, my later in no, life. No, no, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. You just got to shave your head. Um, so <laughs> the 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 last new one that I saw yesterday, which again is brand new, Jungle Cruise. Super, super oh, enjoyed it. Great. I think you got to see it. Um, I want it to be the, do, one of the Pirates of the Caribbean versions of a Disney ride movie. It's a hundred percent a Pirates movie. Uh, when we left, I was just like, "Oh, it's a Pirates movie. It's the same DNA as a Pirates Jonesy movie too." And it's got two people I like, and I just I didn't want it to be one of the bad Disney ride. There's movies nothing. Where you're like, ah. There's nothing. The, okay, so and I think what you're talking about ultimately is the script and how the actors are directed, and are there things that are overly corny about these movies? And this one, I just think, is really competently directed and written um everyone's wonderful in it uh look i love an adventure movie and it it is it is so base that it is the mummy pirates of the caribbean movies jungle cruise like they are all of the same dna if you like like the mummy you're gonna love jungle cruise it's fun and And we're not talking about tom cruise's mummy (laughs) no no not at all (laughs) Yeah, it kind of looks like that, though, the Brendan Fraser, you know. But it, but it very much takes from uh, cool. from uh, the Pirates movies. Well, that's that's great, the man. DNA I'm of excited. This. I'm excited to see um, that. So really enjoyed that. Um, now, I I do want to mention a couple other movies that are not brand new that I watched because Ooh, I genuinely yeah. Yeah. want your kind of opinion on them. Okay. 
Um, so, so you've got some also. Okay, so just a couple of older ones because um, I had never gotten around to seeing Greyhound. Ooh, when you interesting. Saw it, and now I've got Apple TV. And yeah, it's cool, great, cool. Um, and I, I really dug it, man. Yeah, I, it was the kind of movie that I just thought about my dad a lot. Yeah, sure. Because obviously, it is just we get on the ship, and there's some flashbacks. But basically, it is like let's film a battle. Like yes. we're going to have an extended battle, and I'm all for those now and again. I know that's Love, kind of a you know yeah. it's not something you would want in every movie, but really enjoyed it. Um, kind of agree that yeah, it would have been fun to see on big screen, but I don't know that I anything was lost. You know what I mean? Not like that it's a, much. It's a stage six movie, which we know is a lesser right. tier of Sony. They didn't yeah. spend a lot of money on it. Like it's very low budget CGI. Kind of a very TV small movies story. We were growing it kind of is a TV movie. Yeah. So that's why when it came out the way that it did, I was just like, yeah, that's fine. But yeah, just <laughs> yeah. enjoyable. And like, I mean, just yeah. kind of a strategic, you know, I love how technical boys play an army. You know what I mean? hundred yeah, like percent. You yeah. know, I mean, I know it's real true it, stuff as well, so I don't want to dismiss it. Good, no, know? good, good for, good but, for Tom Hanks, like writing, cause he wrote it, right? He yeah. Wrote yeah. it. He writing just such a f- laser focused, small, kind of tale and felt like tom clancy um, i mean how do yeah. i know but it felt like everything was correct and in its place and yeah like we the, don't know but it sure he, seems like know, he did a great job very authentic yes, in, yes. in terms of that uh, that's um, really cool yeah the other one uh you had recommended uh watch the documentary donut king <laughs> sure. really enjoyable man just interesting right made me want donuts really bad <laughs> but no it was sure. you know, so much of it also just the, the sort of the political uh drama and stuff right. like that and refugees was you know obviously uh very moving and um, and interesting. Um, another one that's older that I'll, I'm going to recommend to you. It's called the battered bastards of baseball. I don't know that one. Yeah. So it's, it's a documentary and it's about the, this one minor league baseball team that sort of refused to affiliate with the major league okay. system of minor league sure. back in the seventies, back when you could do shit like this. Interesting. Yeah. Things were cool and Mavericks and stuff. <laughs> but what's, um, what's really cool about it is it's, um, Kurt Russell's dad was oh. the owner of the team who was also an actor. Yeah, I didn't think um, I knew that. And he basically, it's a lot of interviews with Kurt Russell talking about, you know, my dad loved two things. He loved baseball and he loved, you know, being an actor. Sure. And this was the stage of his life where we were all in on baseball. And it's just, it's just a unique story, man, about something that couldn't exist today. And, you know, it's kind of like that rough and tumble sort of, I don't know if that's even the right term, but like Bull Durham kind of group that like these, these guys, these, these sort of left on the wayside guys that aren't quite good enough to be those major league players but love the game you know what i mean and they're mm-hmm. like the scrappy underdogs that's that's all i'll say but definitely uh, a good one not not incredibly made but but well made you know like yep. a, a good netflix documentary type of thing um so definitely check that one out as well um and then a one that i had not seen that i finally saw was unhinged with um yes i did see Russell that yeah. it's dark isn't it it's like it got so much more vi- I violent. I thought yeah. it became it sort of. De- I don't even know if descended is the right word, but certainly devolved into almost like a Michael Myers slasher film by right. the end. Right. And when it started, I was like, "This is going to be Changing Lanes." With <laughs> yes, and, and I even remember from the trailer. Changing Lanes. And, and yes. Changing Lanes is sort of the you know question of society and the individual and how we just can't not escalate things and that right. kind of thing. And this was definitely a much dumber, watered down version of that. <laughs> but it started that way, and then it just became sort of a almost like a Terminator, uh, Russell Crowe being a right. giant, giant, heavy Terminator coming after him. Um, but I still enjoyed the ride. Yeah, um, yeah it was fun. Exactly. And that's really all I got. You can jump into the older ones. Um, I've got, I've got, th- and I, I want to mention real quick that there's one major, major new movie that I'm waiting to talk about for my hidden gem. Okay, got it. Even though it's brand new. Um, Word. 
And uh, I've got three here I want to talk about. Two very quickly. Um, the Wild Bunch was one that we watched during our Western uh, <laughs> Considered run. Considered an all-time great. By the way, we are now in the middle of Planet of the Apes for our movie watching group at all of the Planet of the oh, Apes movies. Oh, so you've moved from Westerns and onto that. we so finished you. Westerns a few weeks ago. And I didn't even catch all the Western Westerns. I missed Stagecoach. And I missed Man, that's a- uh, Johnny Guitar. And I missed The Quick and the Dead. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I have them. Ones. I just haven't watched them. Right, right, I right. didn't watch them with the group. So, so real, I, real quick, I plan to get caught up. But I, th- yeah. I think I've told you this. These aren't even my favorite westerns. But yeah. If you ask me to like leave a western for the aliens to understand yes, what the western yes. genre you was, said stagecoach, stagecoach, high noon, and Shane to me right. are like the representatives of the west. Now, a lot of people throw in searchers, which I know you like I actually better than me, searchers, which actually kind of makes yeah. me happy because that one's just never Loved something it. about it never yeah. clicks in, and and that's considered by many mm-hmm. people to be the greatest western ever. Right. Um. But uh. So kind of a bummer. You know, stagecoach. Johnny Guitar is very unique and original and different. We from picked some weird ones obviously but that's yeah. that's good it's yeah. known for being a different one right. and then quick in the dead is just if you want to see some sam raimi crazy shit that's that's what we were going uh, for yeah, yeah one of funny. our buddies in new york picked that and he was just like yeah it's great right on um yeah. but uh but yeah i it's a bummer i missed more in that category than any other category and it's the one i was least proficient in so right right, right. Yeah. now we're doing planet of the apes which i i love and uh and most of the group hadn't seen the originals and so we're in the middle of them and they're just being thrown for a loop every week they're like what the fuck There's, is going it's on such a bizarre series it's, so many different turns yeah. it's all of them are different but also yeah. the same yeah it's yeah. A really <laughs> and it's like the one series also where like i i like actually love and prefer the new trilogy the new trilogy is amazing. like it, i think it, a lot of us have already seen i don't know it, how it's such a good reboot. we're gonna we're gonna get to them and i right. honestly truly cannot wait for the mark Wahlberg one in a few weeks because <laughs> oh, yeah. i loved it growing up so yeah. much when it came out i watched it seven million times still using it, the makeup and uh and i just uh I'm, I'm excited for it um anyways so the uh the wild bunch i really 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 couldn't get into yep. and i think you i told, told you this yeah. um i'm trying to figure out what i wrote here i think this was a uh, speech to text blurb and so maybe i'll just read it out loud because that's always kind of fun um it says this is exactly the kind of movie that got me to avoid these types of movies (laughs) i understand Uh, what i kind of always assumed most of the classic westerns were and what most famous one that most famous ones were boring and focused on really really rough characters that are super unlikable anti-heroes that um, were really crass and really crude. And the way that the old West is portrayed is very like anti-woman, anti-refined. Um, and which and it, it was, and, which and it was. yeah, that's all fair. But I think that portraying it in a movie that's supposed to be entertaining to me, it just wasn't entertaining. I just, it was like literally hard for me to watch yes, that yes, movie. I understand. Um, and so I just didn't get into it. Um, can I piggyback off of this? For please a do. Yeah. 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 So, and, and I, I cannot disagree with anything you're saying. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I completely yeah. acknowledge it. And this is why people don't like that genre. I get it. Right. Um, the, the in sort of inherent problem with like the West is everything is so bleak. Right. Yeah, like yeah. it is our cultural mythology. It's the American myth and, and, and there are different ways to do it. Right. But this is one of those ones that fully leans into this is a terrible world yeah. without many re- redeeming qualities. And even if you, if you do right, you're more likely to die yeah. rather than pick up the gun yeah. you know, and carry on. But the thing that's interesting to me about the wild, uh, the wild bunch, and that's not by the way on any of my top lists either, even though it's considered one of the great sure. Westerns, yeah. certainly not a movie that I really like. Right. Um, just one that I needed to watch, 
But the things I liked about it were it's kind of that no country for old men thing of mm-hmm. like these guys are really a dying breed because you know that movie is filled with oh there's a car like we're on horses but there's a car oh there's telephone lines right yep. now like right. Every, the west is going away in yep. this movie so these guys their time is up and this is kind of where and the reason I'm talking about this is like with westerns yeah it's one genre but obviously like every kind of genre there's all these different ways to tell stuff because sure. butch cassidy and the sundance kid came out the same year uh-huh. and it's about the same thing it's about these aging bank robbers interesting right? yeah and it's nothing but romantic raindrops keep falling on my head plays in it they're like they're fucking likable even though they're mm-hmm. robbing banks they don't want to hurt anybody yeah um it's just totally told different anti- it's really romantic yeah, yeah. version yeah and this is like I, you feel like you're covered in dust when you're watching this yes. movie the only things i liked about this was that kind of the aging idea of these guys going mm-hmm. out and then that last march with the four of them with the super violent shootout, I, I can't not kind of acknowledge that. I mean, that's, you know, I know we've seen that stuff now and sure. we've got it all the time. But like those two things really stood out to me. Outside of that, I completely agree with you. And it's just a slog and it is an artistic achievement. But sure. it's it. You have to put an effort to watch that movie. And, and I also understand what you think about like. Okay, there's you know with westerns, I'm gonna have to each one. I gotta sit. It's not like I'm just excited to see this. I gotta sit down and be like, okay, this is my problem. I I know you get it. That's how I feel about French New Wave films. It's kind of like like, I've seen several, but I'm just like, okay, I got this. Gonna be like running. You know what I mean? Like I need it. It's good for my body. Which, by the way, is one of the main reasons that we love places like the New Bev. If I can go to the New Bev and watch it, which by the way, do you remember a couple of years ago when I went and saw Once Upon a Time in the West? I was getting alone. That's where I was, and it was fucking three hours long, and I saw it alone there because you were doing something and and like I'm so not versed in westerns and I went and did that and it was great but I think it was I think I was uh, no no and I I just think it's it's fundamental to seeing movies in the theaters that um it's the best you know setting 100 virtually 100 percent of westerns when they came out were seen in the theater yep so it's a genre that's born from that and people saw it on a big screen with a crowd and it just was different and it's harder for me to watch them at home. Well, last thing I'll say on it uh, with also with Sergio Leone, cause you brought him up yeah. once more time yeah. in the West and obviously the good, bad, and the ugly people know about, which and, I had seen good, bad, and I have not seen, and I think I've seen fistful of dollars. I haven't seen uh, uh, a few, a few, few dollars more, more yeah. and fistful of dollars, of course, yeah. the great reference in back to the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come ding, on, ding. that's how our generation great knows like that. Great. Yeah, great. So, yeah. but with Sergio, what's interesting about the spaghetti Westerns is you're in the sixties at that point, right? Yes. And where this stuff changes, the Western was the West was always the dirty, dusty place, you know, mm-hmm. and like the, you know, the stagecoach touches on this with like the judgment of like the whore and she's leaving to try to start a new life for the right. West because, you know, it's society. There's all these societal tropes, but it was always done in a very heroic way with John mm-hmm. Wayne. Now that can seem kind of cheesy to you and you can knock that and all you want. It's not as realistic and that's fine, but there's something that's more compelling, right? And it, it's a storytelling version of a place rather than the place itself where you can get on board and there's things that you you kind of connect to and carry you through the story. Sure. That all kind of started to change with the counterculture of the 60s. Yeah. So you watching Wild Bunch very much is kind of a representative of when it really got bleak and dirty and dusty. McCabe and Mrs. Miller is kind of that way where it's just like, God, life is awful. Like, yeah. look at, you know, the whole yeah. time. And it's like, and there will be no great redemption for you that are good. You can choose to be good, but there's, you know, that's not in the cards for you. The thing that Sergio Leone does is they, they are, they do exist in that world. Somehow he makes it sexy. 
and like mm-hmm. romantic, you know, like he puts opera behind it mm-hmm. and the editing and just, you know, the mm-hmm. style of everything and how big and wide it is. It doesn't feel. Yeah. They move through the world dirty. a little bit yeah. smoother. It's kind of shiny and movies. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. definitely still bleak. Yeah. Anyway, th- I mean, that's enough. No, for that's me, fair. But, um, that's all fair. But yeah, right. On. Um, this one real quick, uh, Laurie had been trying to get me to watch arachnophobia for a long oh, time. That's one that if there's any movie, I probably will never <laughs> see before I die. So you haven't seen unless it. I can man up. Come on, man. My, my I, the whole fears. time watching it, I was just like, I wonder if he's seen this. I was like, there's no way. Okay. I, what I, I what I, I think I said this out loud. I was like, the only way that he's seen this is if this is why he doesn't nope, like spiders. Nope, nope. Because if he formed this fear of spiders young or at birth or whatever, then it, it's impossible to watch this movie. Yeah, come on. Um, Two things. I just mo- literally moved my hand from the back of your couch. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and that was that was not a conscious thing. I moved my hand because you can't see back there, and I it was started yeah. picturing something crawling up. Oh, there are for sure spiders in my house. Oh yeah, mine too. <laughs> Jeez, that's the worst part of this yeah. world. So, um, but also, um, you know, I, I, I that would take some real. I feel like I would need to be hypnotized. So let me just mention really quick. Well, firstly, I, when I was a kid, and this trailer came out. I still remember feeling, saying to myself, why would anyone do this? Like, I remember being like angry and, and sure. genuinely confused. Why would you make this, would movie? You make this movie? Why yeah. would you do this to anyone? Who would want to do this? I still kind of the The inclusion, the way that spiders are included in this movie from a practical standpoint, because it's a mixture of real spiders and fake spiders, um, is really impressive. Oh, I'm sure it is. And like I, I, I know. So it's it's just to recap the bullet points. Uh, it's directed by Frank Marshall. It's produced by Kathleen Kennedy and good Steven people. Spielberg. Yep. Came out in 1990. <laughs> and the first like 10 to 15 minutes, it is Jurassic Park. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is fucking Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park has another. There's another Jurassic Park and it's called Arachnophobia. But they... The movie twists a bit in terms of its setting and it and its scope from being right. very big to very small in this tiny town where the right. movie takes place to the point where it then it doesn't yeah. feel so much yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Save some money that it's, way. There's plenty of silliness in the movie, but it's also a very legitimately good like Spielberg type movie. And the same way that when I saw Exorcist, uh, not Exorcist. What's the other one? <laughs> What's the oh, one Spielberg oh, wrote? Uh, Poltergeist. Um, Poltergeist, thank yeah. you. When I saw Poltergeist last year for the first time, I went, this is another Spielberg movie. I didn't know it existed. That's kind of how this feels because it was my first time watching it. Yeah. So, um, well, that's I, exciting. I can't I encourage you to watch it because it seems like it would be really traumatic. Up, man. Um, I have zero fear. Well, zero. One percent fear of yeah, spiders. Yeah. And I... And it's 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 not great. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's, it's a struggle. Maybe a maybe one day, you know, um, maybe one day. Yeah, but, you oh. really. I I think they really alienated a lot of people. <laughs> um, Did you have any trouble sleeping? Were you just no, good to go? No, I'm good. So I was difference. good to go. That's a big difference. Um, so let me end my the movie watching segment because this is, we've been talking forever. Yeah, but this is significant to me, and it's important to me uh, to talk to you about West Side Story. Um, Wait, the upcoming movie? No, the original. The original. Okay, so you watched the original. For the first time. You've never seen it. Okay. Like three nights ago. Okay. At the New Bev. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I saw it alone. Laurie hasn't seen it either, but we both are very mixed on musicals. Yep. 
Um, she didn't come. I watched um, this two hour and 33 minute oh, 1961 movie um, alone. <laughs> but I got there early and I got my front row seat that I love so much. And I got the parking spot right in front of the door. Nice. And uh, it was comfortable. I was very comfortable. And I was on board for it because I was like, I need like Westerns. I was like, I need to mm-hmm. see this in mm-hmm. the theater. It was a Technicolor, IB Technicolor print, it, you know, and so they, they argue that it looks great, you know, even though it's a very worn print, it still is very colorful. Yeah. And uh, there are elements of it that are impressive, but I really struggled through this movie. Um, it's very dated. Doesn't... I've always struggled in West Side Story. Have you? Okay, so I guess the reason that I brought it up is you have a much better connection to musicals and musical theater and everything than I do. And I think my question to you is, what is significant about West Side Story? Was it groundbreaking? Uh, yeah. Its... So kind of the history that you get in there, even the, I mean, it's always two steps forward, one step back, right? With, with I mean, anything. this is 60 years ago. It yeah, is literally yeah. the 60th anniversary. So with anything in regards to kind of whitewashing, what you end up getting is you've got Natalie Wood inexplicably cast <laughs> as a Puerto Rican, as n- not just a Puerto Rican, but a Puerto Rican that they dub her singing over. Oh, is it so, dubbed? I don't so know. So now yeah. you're not even making the argument that I mean, she is a beautiful She's in it for the voice. Yeah. She, is, she is a beautiful and also talented actress yes. who is she does at the do a time a big yeah. star. Yes. So I get all of that. Mm-hmm. But you are putting someone into a musical, my big pet peeve, who either can sing but not sing well enough, or you just don't think she can. Why is she cast? And yeah. then she's the Puerto Rican. That said, all of the other Puerto Ricans, mm-hmm. what one of the groundbreaking things was including the the actress Rita that won Rita Marino, the, yeah, yeah. the best supporting uh, actress. Yeah, she's wonderful. Are, it was a huge step forward. Now, like everything in Hollywood, is a Band-Aid on a huge you know, yeah. wound because they, they all got this one movie and then no one ever worked again. Right. But, um, so it's not like that changed anything. One of the significant things was that another significant thing, as much as I've seen musicals, I've seen a ton of old musicals. My mom was a music teacher. Yeah, I was exactly. in them, all this stuff. I understand the history. There's old ones I like and don't like and vice versa. Uh, for new stuff. Um, I do not, I am not well-versed in dance. Mm-hmm. I do not know dance. This is a dance musical. I've always kind of categorized singing musicals and dance musicals. And there's, there's some overlap. The dance numbers are probably the most impressive thing in this movie. So Far the choreography, more than the songs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The choreography is renowned by, okay. by like everyone. Yeah. yeah. I like you yeah. do not have an eye for that. Yeah. It's not that I don't think they're good, but yeah. I cannot tell you what is better about that. Than, than anything, anything else, else I want, right? Like, oh, yeah, they're all good dancers. They dance better than me. Sure. That's yeah, all I got. I can't, right? I can't do that. <laughs> so there, there's that. The other thing is, I mean, I talk a lot about this, but even simple movies that have very strong themes, which is part of what draws me to Star Wars. Sure. I think when you can do a universal thing, there's a reason the stuff lasts and it speaks to something at like the core of whatever the human experience is. And this is Romeo and Juliet. I mean, it's not, it doesn't take a rocket scientist right. to understand. Same. Now, yeah. originally, this story was going to be uh, Jews and an Irish Catholic. Oh, is that right? And they just didn't want to pour gasoline on that yeah. in New York. So they, of, so they did more of a, um, of a, a racial topic, thing yeah. rather than, I guess, a re- it's still racial, I guess, but religious thing. Yeah, I got it, got it. So they kind of changed it. But they really did go into the streets. They really did shoot where there were actual gangs. Yeah. You'd never know it because they're dancing. They're dance fighting. Yeah. Um, I've, th- all musicals take a suspension of disbelief. I cannot crap on this movie because there are so many things that people have a problem with where I'm just like, that's on you. You either can let go of that mm-hmm. and you have creative imagination or you don't. But there is something about 
just the amount of dance fighting in this and like the snapping and stuff. They're so polar My question to me is that I've, it's always been was silly. Was that me. ever not silly? And that's what I can't answer to you. To me, I don't have. I finally found something like a ceiling to my suspension of disbelief <laughs> with, with, with this, this movie. Yeah. And and by the way, that's I, a great I knew way this when it. I first saw it at fifteen. Yes, and and I'm the guy who watches every fantasy movie, every sci-fi, yeah. you know, all that stuff. It, it's not a problem for me as long it as the tone is right. Too you know far. <laughs> and it, yeah, and they go on so long. Yeah, like yeah. all of the kind of and and you know the opening especially. SNL has some of the greatest spoofs on this ever and look this stuff inspired michael jackson with bad i mean and i like that like i'm not that's not something that doesn't know it's incredibly obvious that this is influential to like everything there's so many things i've never gotten it it felt like there's a bunch of back to the future that takes from this i think the gang and back biff's ganging back to the future is is from West Side Story. Like there are so yeah, many things similar. that I just feel like are direct, directly from this. But um, but it, you know, it was really, really, really hard for me to get over the initial shock of the silliness of the. I mean, yeah, to put a fine point on it, the dance fighting, but then the way that a gang is portrayed. Like yeah. we, there's there there's violence in this movie eventually, and there's a rape that's and, portrayed by, and a it man. is important that it gets there and that the movie is not shying away from violence and these horrific things, but it kind of is shying away from it for the the most part because of the tone. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm like, I don't know. I know that I'm watching it through a 2021 lens, but uh, 60 years ago, these things are still serious topics. I just, I, it it was really, really hard for, I mean, Greece is silly, uh, and there's there's very minimal drama in Greece, um, but there's gangs and there's pregnancy. There's some danger in there. Yeah, exactly. There are these elements, but it it's tonally a different thing. It is a positive like thing. Now Greece is seventy six, um, so you've right. got another maybe ten years. Right, right. right. I'm just saying. Yeah, that, yeah. no, I, that hear you. I, I hear you. I'm, I'm just saying that they pick a tone in something like Greece and in. West Side Story, it's really difficult. Well, I guess we're going to see, man. I I guess we're going to see if they can do this with dance and make it hit when Spielberg brings us out. So when I – my last, I guess, big thought on this um, is uh, that if you're a filmmaker, if you're a huge filmmaker like Spielberg – and you presumably love West Side Story because it was so influential to you and you – you know, just connect with it so much. And it's literally the only musical you ever wanted to make. He said, right. There you go. Um, what is it about it that drives you to remake it? What's his reason? And I think that it's weird to think about a, a director or a, or a major, excuse me, filmmaker thinking about remaking a movie. We have remakes all the time. There are always remakes, but if you take the studio system out of the equation and you go, who is seeking out remaking a movie? And there are probably far fewer examples than you would think. And yeah. I think like Tim Burton remaking Planet of the Apes okay. is an example where he probably went to the studio and went, I want to remake Planet of the Apes. And they went, okay. Peter Jackson, King Kong comes to mind. Here's a good example. There's only a, there's probably only a few. If we have thousands of remakes or if we have yeah. hundreds of remakes of IP in the last you know, 20, 30, 40 years, I bet only a handful are – director driven remakes. Yeah, I agree. 
And so why does Spielberg want to remake this? And it's almost like it's almost like a commentary on it that he's going, I can do it better, maybe? Well, I, I, I don't I'll, know. I'm going to venture a guess here, and this is not my thought. I'm literally stealing this out of Peter Jackson's okay, mouth. Okay, sure, sure, sure. So I didn't enjoy the new King Kong. But, <laughs> sure, yeah. But Peter Jackson had said, as the movie that I watched that I felt made me fall in love with movies yeah. and my all-time favorite movie, right. and knowing that, not that I think I can better it other than technology's come first. Sure, and I can update yeah. it. But knowing that um, kids, there are many kids that just will not watch a black and white movie mm-hmm. and knowing how few people are going to see this thing. Now, some of this is a little narcissistic, right? This thing that affected I me. Would, it's kind of like say, me yeah. talking about Star Wars. But, right. um, but I think I can only guess that Spielberg with the same thing being like, okay – this is dated, like we talked about. Now I don't know whether he'll update it and it'll be believable for us, right? right? We don't take this seriously. God, I hope so. <laughs> he, uh, he has talked about in multiple interviews how his kids he tries to show them these things he loves, and who loves movies more than Spielberg? Maybe nobody, right? And you can only imagine the gut punch it must be because he <laughs> he was actually giving his kids he said money. He would give them like five bucks and their kids bribing them to sit to and watch, watch black and white movies movie with or forties movies. And if they made it, they could keep the money. A yeah. lot of them would give the money back and yeah, leave no, the I'm, black and white I'm movie. Out of here. So I, and I understand <laughs> both sides of that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can only think that he would feel the same way. That said, I've talked about this a bunch. I can't imagine wanting to ever remake star wars in fact i would wouldn't want anyone to you right. i know feel the same way about back to the future right. i want this stuff to remain untouched and i feel that way about movies that i that are not as special to me personally like a godfather you know citizen kane there are certain things i don't think should be touched so it's it is weird to see something that has that impact on you and then you're and then want to revisit it. it it's I'm and, and really it, struggling with this yeah. idea. I, I'm confused by it. And all I can think to give Spielberg the benefit of the doubt is that Spielberg is acknowledging, uh, or maybe has always acknowledged, but maybe is more so now in 2021 when this new West Side Story is coming out. He's acknowledging my opinion, which is that it's silly, it's dated. It's technically not super proficient. There are a lot of things about it that are clunky because of the era and and what they were trying to bite off was huge. Um, And he's going, I think that if I just took the, the sensibility and the, the, you know, the songs, the songs are good. Yeah. And just yeah, inserted it into yeah. There are again yeah. There are a couple that are and Maria, there are, and there's a place for us. There are some songs that are showstoppers, <laughs> but like you know, I yes, and I am just struggling with what is going to come out of this new one. I can't wait to see it because now having seen this so fresh, I'm like, oh yeah, show me what you got. Right. You know, I fucking dare you to to, well, to do this. Last of things yeah. I'll say on this, unless you want to keep going, yeah, is uh, one other thing I just thought of that may have been like a made a big splash at the time. Right. We're, we really are just in that early 60s era of like, we're finally breaking out of the studio system. They're shooting in the streets. Right. And I know I mentioned they shot where there really were uh-huh. things, but when it comes to musicals, I don't think anybody had seen people actually dancing on a real New York street or right. a playground at the time. And I, and I just wonder, maybe people couldn't even tell the difference. Maybe they could, but that could be one thing. The other thing I'll just say, because you just touched on this on remakes, I actually argued and still argue the biggest problem we have currently, other than the studios being mainly in charge over creative people that uh-huh. understand that that's always going to be what it is. But the biggest problem we have with their current filmmakers and our J.J. Abrams and people like that is – that they do make remakes and sequels instead of coming up with their own thing. Right. We've talked about this. George Lucas couldn't get the rights to flash Gordon. We get star Wars, right? Uh, Steven Spielberg can't make a James Bond movie. We get Indiana Jones. Yeah. 
what you've got now is people who do make the same thing. And I'm not the only one that's argued this. There's tons of critics of talking about it. It's like at a certain point, what are we not getting that's next? Because obviously you're going to be inspired by that, but sure. You could come up with your own musical. I mean, I, I, I love Moulin Rouge. I think Moulin Rouge is a miracle of a musical. Like if you like that genre to me, that's one of the great examples of a modern musical. That's just fantastic. Cool. Yeah. And it's just a totally original thing. Now they take pop songs and they make it this guy's art back in France, back right. in the, you know, right. that era. So, and like, that is all unique to me to have Nirvana yes. be his words as a poet. And him incorporate that into his show. I, anyway, you're losing all this stuff when you remake these. Spielberg can do whatever he wants if he wants to make West Side Story. But I, I just wanted to kind of add that to it. I think, you know, what if you came up with something like a La La Land? That's how you get La La Land. I like, love it. Yeah. You know, so, but, yeah. we'll, but we'll see, man. We'll see how it Absolutely. is. I don't know. So let's, let's, um, I appreciate all that. Um, let's talk about TV for just a TV minute time. here. Um, I have a few that are stupid, but uh, I presume you are watching Dave, right? Dave is back. And Do you like it? Uh, that's what I was going to say. Until the last episode, which I think we're six in now, I was like, damn. I think we might be at eight. Maybe we are. But yeah. until the last one, I was just thinking, I appreciate them doing this. This speaks to them not just doing the same thing and recycling the same stuff because I thought the first season was perfect. Yes, I agree. But this has been a miserable experience. Kind of like the Western Pretty you're bad. watching. This has been Pretty very bad. painful. This has not been enjoyable. I have one other friend at work that watches it and she just keeps texting me in the morning and like on our IM and being like, Patrick, Dave, Fuck. you know, like what is going on? The last one was the first one I, that I've really enjoyed, um, and it was still painful. But this seems to be the dark second season, yes. And that's not what the first it's season the was, Empire. so it has not been enjoyable. But I still appreciate. I it. I very much agree with that, and I I I keep telling Laurie because she hates it this season. Uh, I keep telling her I'm like, well, but it's it's in the content of the show that this character. He's playing himself, sort of. But this character is really going through an incredibly rough time mm-hmm. creatively. Right. He's fucking up so dramatically in the story of the show that that's kind of the point of everything. Literally every episode is screaming to us that he is not good right yeah. now. Yeah. He is bad at his art. He is bad as a person. He is bad at being a son. He's bad at being, you know, a lover, like all of it. And yep. more so than last season. And I don't believe that that's all in service of like telling us who he is. I think that it's like you say, it is a, a downturn in a person's story. We all have our, you know, I still think the show is well constructed and I think that, um, it's, it is really hard to watch such negativity. Yeah. And I think that maybe Dave is not, um, he is, he is over, uh, what do you call it? Uh, his, his expectations for what we can withstand as an audience are too generous. I think he doesn't, I, I don't think he understands that this level of negativity is not good. I kind of agree. I on think any because, listen, level. I think Robert, Redford even though it might about, be real, Robert Redford talked about this when they changed the ending to the natural, which is one of the great sports movies of all time. The end of the book is a complete downer. He takes money, throws a game, right? The end of the natural is literally the movie that's shown on every montage of the greatest <laughs> ending to a sports triumph of a sports. Right. It hits a home run that, hits the lights and literally showers down a rain of gold. Sure. Yeah. You know, with that music. So, and, and Robert Redford said, you know, I just thought 
our obligation to the audience, right? I couldn't stop thinking about our obligation yeah. to the audience. So that's something you're touching on here with Dave. That said, what is the exact same in this season as in season one is Dave has always felt completely authentic and real. They, honest. They've never Super shied honest. away yes. from and, – and in season one, the difference was in season one, it was more surface embarrassment. Yes. Still very bold. But like the embarrassment of things that people will not admit that I loved him for yes. just being like, you know what? This is who I fucking am. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a it's gotten to a different level of darkness, which is like these are actual flaws in yes. my character. And, yes. and I'm in a very dark place. But so it's the opposite of Ted Lasso. And I don't know yes, if that's a good transition be, to Ted, which is back on. Ted is so wonderful. It's the man. opposite of that, um, which I still love. We only we have, what, two, two episodes of Ted two so seasons, far. Yeah, two episodes in. And, um, and, and honestly, it, it is such that I'm not even on an episode by episode picking this show apart. There are probably elements of it that For are. For sure there are what, that you can that pick are, That you could pick apart. Yeah. But I'm just not because I'm along for the ride. I love the characters. I love the people. And I trust, especially when they said that they're only going to do three seasons mm-hmm. and they're relatively short seasons. Makes me so much more I'm invested. just like, no, I'm on board for whatever story you want to tell. And if that includes, you know, this, that, and the other, these things that I'm kind of maybe questioning, eh, do I care about this? It doesn't matter whether I care about it because it's part of a story. And, um, and don't I don't you know. feel like every once in a while you're, you're like, we're watching Sudeikis and we're saying, okay, there's never going to be a role that's more your role. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's totally like and you. he's very yeah. talented. He was great on SNL. I'll, I'll, I'll watch anything he does, yes. but it's kind of like, you know, when Harrison Ford is, is coming through and he's first doing Indiana Jones, I think everybody's kind of aware, even in the moment that, okay, this is your iconic character. I mean, yep. And to a lesser extent, this feels like Sudeikis. Okay, you're not going to hit a higher peak. So let's, you know, I'm on board just, and I'm witnessing. It just it. popped into my head the moment. I think it was in the first one where they were talking about the tiny ponytail on Tom Cruise. He's like, "Was that Magnolia or was that was <laughs> oh, that my uh, mistake, son? They son, had a pony, tiny ponytail in both both, bo- both of those movies. Yeah. It was it was Magnolia. No, that you're thinking of the Last Samurai. Assistant. No, no, actually, Coach. He had, had a ponytail on that one too, Coach. In both of those I love movies. the assistant. Oh, had a wow. ponytail on that one too. Yeah, had a ponytail on oh, that one too. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, uh, I love that. Anyways. It's been great um, being back on board for that. Been ba- great being yeah. back on board for Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty too, yeah. Which continues I kind of feel just, the same way. I'm just on board. Um, some episodes, I'm like, man, they really went far into left field with this yep. concept. Yep. But it's always smart. It's always it's interesting. Always it's really just a matter of whether it's as profound as it has always been. I think some episodes less than others, but um, but that is inevitable because what happened was Dan Harmon and uh, the other guy who's a huge part of the show, I forget his name, um, uh, are basically just these insane genius comedic writers who um, probably never wanted or intended it for it to go this long yeah. or be this big. They backed up a truck full of money to them and they went, eh, fuck it, whatever. And they probably in their head and maybe even out loud told comedy central, well, the quality is going to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And they went, we don't care. Right. As long as you keep making You're it, making money. And they went, okay, we only have so many ideas. There's only so much writing and producing and, and animating that can be it done. It baffles and- me that it's continued to be as good as it is. And I, I've said this before, but I mean, it's not my favorite show ever, but no. it might be the best show I've ever seen. I mean, it it's just, I might be going a little far, but it's just like, 
it sh- it has no business being this good. It's the same <laughs> as I feel, felt about Dave in season one. Sure. I was yeah. like, why are you this good? You right. should not be this good. And that's right. a great feeling while you're watching something. I, I'm with you. Um, um, we finished. Definitely. I finished Mythic Quest. I know you had already seen. Uh, <laughs> you watched the second season or yeah. just the first? Cool. Yeah. Watched both seasons. And did you watch the specials? I think there's two individual specials that are not part of the main season that I presume if you're watching it in a row, it'll just play them. I think, is this the uh, flashback uh, writing the two? Where, where those are actually part of the main okay, season. So. Um, so then I have it. I don't think I've seen any of the specials. The I guess you'd have to look and see if they're counted as part of the episodes. I think they're not labeled as episode numbers. I think they're separate. But uh, anyways, doesn't well, matter. Doesn't I, matter. I, this, is subjective. Cool. this is subjective to me. I've enjoyed the show all the way through, but I yep. can't tell you how, how moved I how impactful the the flashback, the two episodes, the writing episodes were for me. So were I, there two? Remind me. So in so, the first season, there's a flashback of the like video store couple. Yes, which is one of my favorite episodes which I of liked television, and everyone ever. raved about. Yeah. and I'm not saying it wasn't great, but yeah. but for me personally, this recent everything people were saying old about writer that one flashback, and one. it's a two episode yeah. arc because you get there's the, the modern the, day and the flashback. The episode one. Yep. in the back. That's what you get first, and you yeah. kind of realize where this isn't that great murray abraham i loved it where he got to where he was and i was just very on board and obviously you know it's heartbreaking but it's also like funny and it's it's just very relatable and and then when they flash forward and you get him visiting the one who's alive amazing episode uh the two of those together (laughs) um were just so good yes i i I, it just made me i agree i'm glad you got through Yes. For me on that. One other thing I wanted to just throw out there. I haven't watched all these yet, but if mm-hmm. for anybody who's watched the movies that made us where they do those oh, little specials yeah. on Netflix, they just added a second season and cool. the movies they cover are Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, oh, and shit. Pretty Woman. I got to so, watch all So yeah, those. we've got to catch up on that, but you should definitely check that out. Um, <laughs> do you have any other TV shows you want to talk about? I do have a couple. Right, throw yeah. them out and then I want to tag one um, thing at the end. So uh, have you watched Monsters at Work at all? This no. is the Monsters Inc. TV show. Yeah, I know about it, but I haven't. It's seen it. pretty wonderful. If you're into animation, if you liked Monsters Inc., it's, yeah, it is a kids show, them. just like any Pixar movie. But um, they are 25 minutes of tight, short story. You know, short episodes, and they are um, really smart. Uh, some of the dialogue it follows mostly a new group of monsters, but but uh, Billy Crystal and John Goodman are back and they are right. playing those characters. That's great. You but there is some comedy from this show that I stop and laugh for minutes. <laughs> okay, that's exciting. I'm so and I'm just like, why is this so good? Um, and it doesn't come in every line of dialogue, but occasionally you're just like, oh my fucking god. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, another show. Uh, I've been, or I watched his Clarkson's farm, which is on Amazon. That's Jeremy Clarkson who used to host top gear and he hosts the grand tour. And, um, that's just a, if you're into like a little docu series about this old British guy doing, uh, doing a farm, um, he buys a farm, a big, like thousand acre farm and learns how to farm it. And it's just cheeky and fun and interesting. Um, and cute. If you like the top gear guys, um, another show real quick is Kevin can fuck himself. I don't know if you got into that <laughs> at all yet, but uh, Kevin can fuck himself is a show that the conceit is that, um, it's, it's supposed to take off of, um, Kevin can wait that okay. show that Kevin James did. Okay. With, uh, also take off of like King of Queens that he did also right. where there's this really unattractive male like figure 
and then pretty attractive wife that's pretty out of his league and she just gets shit on all the time every sandler movie um yeah kind of and um and it's a take on that with annie murphy from schitt's creek where she plays the wife and ultimately it's um it's one of the most bizarre shows i've ever seen because it's a hard drama when he is not in the scene and then when he walks in the door, it's a three camera sitcom with a, an audience <laughs> and a laugh track. Okay. And it shifts between those. So you've got Breaking Bad theming, you know, and styling. Right, right, right. right. And then instantly it's a sitcom with a laugh track and bright lights and on the same set, you know. Weird. It's so weird. And it, and it, you know, it's got to be in the zeitgeist right now that these weird, like, meta things like WandaVision, um, you know, are, are out now. I don't know. It's very bizarre, but, um, is it great? I don't know. I haven't seen all the episodes. I've only started it. Um, but, um, it's super weird. And if you like Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek, she's wonderful. And it's got some other wonderful performances in it. Um, and then the last one I'm going to mention is, the White Lotus. Have you watched that at all on HBO? No, and I love all the people in yeah. it. And I heard something recently really good about it. Outstanding cast. It's a Mike White show. Mike White, who wrote uh, School of Rock and Orange County yeah. and all that stuff. But it's a drama. It's not really very comedic. But it's in the same vein as like a, a Big Little Lies kind of situation. Okay. You know, big ensemble cast. Lots of drama between them. But it is a limited series, and so presumably it won't, uh, you know, get more than these. I think six episodes. Um, I would check it out, man. I think it's okay. really wonderful, right. and I think the standout performance in it is Jennifer Coolidge, who is okay. Stifler's mom. Yeah, no, no. Um, it's yeah. her and Connie Britton, right? And Connie's doing a great have, job. Um, Steve Zahn is yeah okay. You have me, and Steve Zahn. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> Even he's if he's, just he's okay. fine. Um, and then uh, there's a few other wonderful performances in it, but. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, I think that's all the TV I got. Okay. Well, uh, well let's actually uh, keep it moving because I, yep. I, I we're going to come to something else a, a different. I think week. I'm going to move into news now then. Um, so the first thing I want to mention is that uh, one passing that we had was Richard Donner, the great director. Man. So prolific, uh, this guy. And, um, you know, Lethal Weapon. Kind of took him Superman passing away for people to look at his filmography. Me and be too. Like, oh, me too. Is he one of the best, <laughs> the best directors, directors ever? ever? I mean, yes. resume wise? No, seriously. Um, resume wise, yes. And if you look him up and you look at the, the you know, when he did <laughs> Superman, before that, he had done TV for decades. Right. He's so prolific. Like, one of the most prolific uh, resumes I've seen. He did Scrooged. Like, I hadn't seen Scrooged yeah. until a couple yeah. of years ago for the first time. And I was like, this is a fucking outstanding movie. And I can't believe I never saw it. Um, Look, The Omen so, is one of the great horror movies ever. Right. I mean, I, like I right. said, I, as a guy I, who's not a I know of fan, it, but I've never watched like, it. top three or five horror and movies. And that's, that's actually his first feature. I think is the omen is his first feature yeah, because I, Superman comes after. Yeah, Superman yeah. is after that. That's, yeah, I think you're right. Um, now that's the uh, he he passed away at 91 years old a few a few weeks ago. Was he so. Maverick also? He Maverick. Yeah, he did Maverick. Yeah. God. That's um, great. and he did a few others. Um, the the next thing I want to mention uh, is that uh, here in L.A. the Vista Theater was purchased by Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah. And I just want to play the clip of him talking about it real quick. And I'll announce. Yeah, please. One thing here that people don't know yet. I bought the Vista. Oh, this right here. Yeah, you're getting the Vista. Oh, you did. Yeah, we're gonna probably open it up around Christmas time. Yay! Oh my god, that's fantastic news. And again, only film. 
Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But it won't be a revival house. Okay. It won't be a revival house. We'll show new movies mm-hmm. that come out where they give us a film print. Yeah. All right. We'll show new stuff. It's not going to be like the New Beverly. The New Beverly has its own vibe. Sure. The Vista is like a crown jewel mm-hmm, yeah. kind of thing. And so it'll be like the best prints. And so we'll show older films, but they'll be like older films that like, you know, can hold a four-night engagement. Yeah. Well, Archive so did that cool. in a really cool way yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, they did a lot of cool stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't always film. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your religion. Man loves film. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, so that segues me into a couple of other movie bits of news for Los Angeles. Um, AMC took over the leases on the Grove and the Americana. So those will both be AMCs soon, okay. any day now in theory, because they, they presumably have had control of them for a while. The Grove and the Americana are huge, uh, trafficked theaters that used to be Pacific theaters. Pacific theaters is the brand that owned, um, the Arclight chain here in LA. Um, the Sherman Oaks Arclight was taken over by Regal, which unfortunately means I'll probably never go there again because <laughs> Regal is so fucking yeah, suck. awful. Um, and um, and I guess the point there is that it has been in the news or uh, rumored for the last few days that the Arclight and Dome will reopen as the Arclight and Dome in December, that the company Word. is not totally out of business, which is how I phrased it originally when that news came out. Yeah, I remember. They're not going under. They simply had to renegotiate leases with all of their locations, and instead huh. of renegotiating the leases at a lot of places, they let them go um, to kind of uh, stop the bleeding, as so it it's were. it's more like the last blockbuster. Exactly, <laughs> right exactly. Now. And so I think in this case, they may still retain that and reopen it uh, without it changing hands. Well, that's great. So um, that's the rumor. Um, also in the news, Bob Odenkirk had a really terrible heart yeah. scare the other day, which is so scary because he, you know, he, he did this Nobody movie recently. And up until now, uh, up until Nobody came out, he had been training for years, you know, two years of training the best before shape ever seen him. Exactly. Really. Best shape of his life. And, um, unfortunately had this horrific heart scare the other day, but I think he's okay. Um, I'm under the impression that they're filming the final scene of better call Saul right now. So hopefully he makes it through and, uh, that would be terrible to lose him. He's just such a treasure. Um, so I'm glad he's doing okay. Um, <laughs> Also in the news, in the same vein, we, I texted you about this. Harrison Ford had gotten injured during rehearsals for the new rehearsals. Indiana, That's rehearsals. What you wrote yeah, rehearsals for uh, the new Indiana Jones. And uh, that's just that's just the writings on the wall, guys. I don't know what you're going to do, but uh, good luck. <laughs> you know that I mean we you know we don't need to hearken all of this. No, again, no, no. But we we know how we feel about this. But I did recently find out also that there is a body double for him like throughout a significant portion, like they've always planned on having mm-hmm. someone else do yeah. so much of this. Right. And to me, just that alone is kind of like, then why the fuck? Then like, well, I already felt that way. Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, so you're acknowledging on, guys, yeah. you can't do it. And look, Harrison can do whatever he wants. He keeps telling everybody he can do whatever he wants. He's always be my hero. Yep. But it's just like, the fuck are we doing? Like he's too old. He's too old. I, I don't know. I mean, he's um, 80. It's yeah. incredible. You see him on his bike on these pictures and you're like, wow, Looks he's tremendous. Fit. He's How, fit. Good for you. Yep. That's incredible. Yep. And that's also different than being Indiana Jones. Yeah. And you like can't, surviving as Indiana Jones you're in that fit world. At 80, you don't you don't just do whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I do want to mention, um, maybe this is a spoiler, I don't know. 
I it's just it's it's more just that I'm patting myself on the back because I posited that the date that Indiana Jones takes Indiana Jones five takes place in that it in theory should be 1972 or yeah, three, this, right. but I was like, it's gotta be 1969 because that's when everything happened. That's right. a pivotal year in history. There's so much happening. We land on the moon, blah, blah, blah. In sp- in space. And, like, uh, and set photos have proven that the, they recreated the Apollo 11 parade, uh, and everything in this movie. So it is 1969, uh, okay. spoiler alert, but it is 1969. Okay. Um, so, uh, there are many other bits of of news that are great. I, I th- th- one of the only funny, a couple of funny ones. Greta Gerwig is directing uh, Margot Robbie in uh, the Barbie movie. Yeah, um, I saw that. I think that's wonderful. I don't know anything <laughs> about it, but it feels right. I know. Right. I was just like, wow, what a great choice. Uh, and then the last stupid bit of news is that uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are planning to buy the Casa Bonita <laughs> restaurant uh, no. to, to save it from going under <laughs> no. in, in Colorado. <laughs> so, oh, I, I can just, only picture I think I'm listening to this. So perfect. Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita. I joked with um, Jess when we last flew out yeah. there that she was like, what are we going to do? I was like, well, we're going definitely to going to Casa Bonita. Bonita. <laughs> She's like, what is this? Anyway. Yeah. Um, if anyways. you want cafeteria food with the fragrant smell of a YMCA pool, like <laughs> yeah. chlorine wafting through the air, have I got a place Maybe for you? Maybe they'll make it better. I don't know. Um, I, although that would kind of be kind of I feel like they should not make it yeah, better. They, they shouldn't should do anything. It, keep it the same. Anyway. Um, okay. So uh, in the trailers and upcoming category, I just want to mention a few trailers. I'm not going to go into them. I'm just going to say, hey, I really liked this. Um, there's a trailer for this movie, The Shrink Next Door, with Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. Oh, okay. Highly recommend yeah, checking that I'm out. On, the new working. Ghostbusters trailer is really wonderful. Yep, great. Um, we got the Many Shout Saints of Kevin. New York. Or Man. New York. Newark, excuse me. I get chills um, just thinking about how his son is playing. 100%. Well. Anyway. I'm very excited for that. Um, we got a trailer for House of Gucci uh, with uh, Gaga and uh, what's-his-face, uh, Kylo Ren guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, did you see the trailer for King Richard? About the, no. the this is Will Smith playing the dad of Venus and Serena Williams. No, but it's I knew about that movie. Fucking wow. excellent. Okay. I saw it yesterday before the Jungle Cruise. Okay. And it is an excellent trailer. It looks wonderful. I'm down. Um, there's a movie called Blue Bayou coming out soon. That's an in, that indie movie that looks outstanding. Um, and we got a couple of trailers for TV. How about the the Steve Martin show Only Murders in the Building? Um, I haven't seen the check trailer. this out. It's a trailer. Um, we got a Succession season three trailer. I'm very excited for that. Um, and uh, we're getting Dexter back soon <laughs> with something called Dexter New Blood on November seventh. So we'll see what that is. Maybe Jess will be up for that. I don't know about that one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. Have whatever you seen it the is. trailer for uh, Summertime, or have you heard about the movie Summertime? Yeah, I've seen the trailer, and I've been meaning to see it because it has been playing at some movies, but it's out of the theaters now. It's already oh, run okay. its course. Okay. Um, but I uh, but I do want to see Summertime. I think you'll probably see it at home before anything else yeah, yeah gotcha um but uh okay, anyways that's all i got for news and upcoming um really all that i've got left is our rotten tomatoes i've got some personal things i want to mention and then hidden gems so where are you and everything do you want to do um I'm, I'm happy to jump right into rotten tomatoes okay and then we can maybe do your last thoughts some wrap-up and, and i got some yeah. wrap-ups too before yeah gems. we'll do a wrap-up after rotten tomatoes but uh so we're gonna do richard donner movies 
Hell yeah. Um, and this is just a selection, but it's the selection that makes the most sense to me in terms of the the most the most uh, uh, you know prevalent ones of his career. And it is a relatively long list, so I apologize again for the length. But uh, let's start with the Omen, his kind of breakout movie uh, directorial debut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, um, I'm gonna say that critics of the Omen gave it an 87. And audiences gave it an 85. So close. 86 from critics and 80 from audiences. So okay. that was great. That's an all-timer for me. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, um, and then you go into Superman colon the movie. Superman <laughs> colon the movie, which actually has my favorite opening of any superhero movie ah. ever. Um, and then kind of is a little bit corny by today's Sure, standards. sure. Um, that musical score, though. Unparalleled. Yeah. I think it might be my favorite John Williams. Score. It's uh, it's under. It, it's Park. a lot of times uh, overlooked in the John holy Williams cow. pantheon. You yeah, don't think I, about I gotcha. it, but it's so I the heroes. So yeah, good God. Yeah. Um. So I think Superman was pretty beloved, man. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say critics gave Superman a 90, and audiences gave it a 88. You're so close. 94 actually from critics and 86 from audiences. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. I remember people. And that was also a time where we were talk about wanting positivity in the seventies with the kind of movies we were doing as good as they were, yep. like the gritty society's decaying and we're in coming out of Vietnam and stuff. God, what a, like, what a polar. That yeah. was a time that I mean, there's a reason star Wars and Superman in these movies exploded. People were just drooling sure. for something to feel good about. So what a wonderful, yeah, vibe. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, lady Hawk. I've never seen it, but <laughs> Oh my God. Shout out to uh, Aaron, our old tour guide friend. Um, Lady Hawk, my, my goodness. 1985. Um, this is one of my mom's all-time favorites, and this is like a cult favorite with a lot of the a lot midnight of people. movie crowd. Yes. Big um, it's actually referenced quite a bit in Ready Player One and oh, Two, I think, okay, also, okay. just because of that cult. Great concept. Love, um, yeah. Very interesting movie. Um, I will say Lady Hawk critics. I'll say critics 76 and audiences 80. Uh, 68 and 74. So you so were pretty, a little pretty close, both, a little but lower. Yeah. yeah but, okay. Yeah. That, um, yeah that's, that's probably right, man. I, I like Lady Hawk more than, Hey, guess what's next? The Goonies. Oh man. Okay. I don't think, I don't think critics liked the Goonies. I know audiences did. Um, I'll say critics gave the Goonies a 72 and I think audiences gave the Goonies like an 84. 76 and 91 again 91, pretty, man. pretty close though You're that is great. beloved that's another one that i just missed on sure um, it's not that i don't think it's fun i just me too i wasn't ever was at the right time at the yeah. right age yeah, but some people man that is the one <clears throat> it's more them. more appropriate for your age but uh i i also never never right. connected with it right. um now we're up to 1987 with lethal weapon, the lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah sure when you lose um i mean I feel like I'll always 100 and 100. No, I'll always, okay. I'll always overrate this. Um, but I do think critics gave Lethal Weapon, I'm going to say critics gave it an 88, and I'll say audiences gave it a 91. Very close, but 80 and 86. Okay, see, not as high as it should be. <laughs> uh, agreed, yeah. Um, and then before he does Lethal Weapon 2, he does Scrooged. Ooh, ooh. Um, critics for Scrooged. 90 audiences 88 
71 <gasps> and 71. No way. I, I, I thought agree. this was renowned by I people. think it must hold up better today than it does just because of the themes of it. I I, I don't know. The the kind of the TV meta stuff didn't play yeah, or I, I, I yeah, don't know. Maybe it was a little ahead of its time. That's I think weird. it might be ahead of its time, but uh, I agree. Man, Those that's, a, that's the low. first big surprise too on, the, on this list to me. Um, Lethal Weapon 2, 1989. Lethal Weapon 2. Okay, so we just had like... 80 and I'm going to say Lethal Weapon 2, I'll say 80 and 88. 82 and 77. 77 from audiences? People, yeah, people didn't like it as much. That's pretty weird. I don't know. Wow. I don't I, know. I mean, I think one is definitely, that's the movie for me. Yeah, for sure. But, but two is but still two really, is like really. more of an audience picture. Like it's I would like agree. It adds the comedy. You get Joe Pesci. And that's, some boobs. Man, I've been super. Yeah, boobies. Yeah. Um, uh, Lethal Weapon 3, surprising. 1992. Um, this was kind of the one that I feel like had kind of lost its steam at this point. Um, yeah, big time. I'll, I'll say audience, or I'll say critics. I'm going to give critics gave it a 68. And audiences gave it a 72. 60 and 61. And that, that's fine with me. Three, yeah. is, three is the I would, I would, uh, I would, I would agree. Structurally, it, it, the idea of it is a perfect trilogy. That circle we talk right. about, you know, right. like it's a perfect, and it? it's just none of the elements quite come together. Yeah, like it's, it's cool that Rene Russo gets in, but. Uh, Maverick, 1994. God, I love Maverick. I love Maverick. This is going to be too low. Can I just mention something really quick? Um, we've been doing this, this Western theme. Uh, you know, with our movie watching group, nobody picked Maverick. That's fine. I kind of wanted to do it as a bonus, but maybe we will at some point. I don't know. Um, every week we we guess what is going to be in the movie based on like not oh, knowing nice, it. Nice. And uh, one of the things that I said at the very beginning of the Western theme is we're going to see a rickety wagon wheel. And none <laughs> of the Westerns had a rickety wagon oh, wheel. This was a failure. We're waiting to drink every movie. Like anytime we would see a wagon or like a close up on a wheel, wow, we'd be like, oh, amazing. is it rickety? And then we would all argue like, is it rickety or is it totally solid? And it, and we'd be like, no, no, it's fucking super solid. It's not w- wiggling All you had to watch all. was News of the World. You would have gotten a rickety I know, that's wagon a, wheel. That's of course a good good example. Wow. But um, but I remember, you know, Maverick being Well, you didn't the, see Stagecoach. Yeah, I didn't. Was there that one in that? goes with the coach the entire time it's been a long time there's got to be a regular like, yeah, yeah there's a moment for um, sure. what's funny is that we roll them over if we don't get one even across genres so oh we've God. we've gotten ones oh, that I'm are so in jealous. a previous genre this in a more modern genre and it's funny because then the first two planet of the apes movies have like these slave cage wagons <laughs> and we're like are those rickety no they're still totally solid. <laughs> uh, We've got a massive shortage on rickety wagon wheels in movies. Anyway, so uh, Maverick, give me the numbers. Maverick critics, 72 audiences, 81. 66 and 71. It's a little low. About 10 higher on it. I, think, I knew I'd be yeah. higher on that one. Sure, sure. I, love I, I would. I give Maverick a 92. Yeah, like, sure, I, sure. I love Maverick. So uh, conspiracy theory. 1997. Oh man, I have no idea how this was received. Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing it. Um, conspiracy theory. I'm going to say critics gave conspiracy theory an 80, and audiences didn't like it and gave it a 72. 57 <laughs> and 64. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think the audiences liked it. I thought maybe. And then he comes back strong with Lethal Weapon Four. Lethal Weapon 4. 1998. So much. Maybe the most fun of any of them. Oh, God, I love Lethal Weapon 4 so much. I remember seeing it in the theater vividly. 
I took my buddy Grace into that movie, and he yeah. had not seen any Lethal Weapons, and he was such a fan. I you mean, still love it, though. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter if you've seen them. Yeah. Oh, and oh, God. Yeah. Yep. Chris Rock, great addition. Jelly. Um, Je- oh, Jet Lee. And that's the other thing. We all know this stuff now. This was pre The Matrix. We, yeah. I, I know Kung Fu movies had existed, and we had Bruce Lee and stuff, but for our generation, it's kind we of, have not seen that shit. That we were coming out of the actual the rush hour, which was were kind of right, like yeah. around the same yeah. time. Yeah. But we were coming out of the big muscle one man army stuff like mm-hmm. Sly Stallone yep. and Rambo and Commando and stuff. the Asian influence. We had not and, gotten uh, the martial quick, arts, sleek, sexy, yeah, yeah. fast, like ninja shit. It's I mean, awesome. Honestly, yeah. Riggs was the closest thing you had to that. Yeah. They were like, yeah. oh, you know, the Tai Chi, you know, yeah, yeah, he yeah. would kick people and we'd be like, oh, yeah, he kicks as well as punches. Wow. He's so alternative. It's like the most <laughs> we had gotten. So this was mind blowing. Sure, yeah. I remember my dad in the theater on Jet Li just being like, oh, like you know yeah. what the so you know, impressive when he takes yeah. the gun apart and everybody was just like holy shit this guy and, you which know. is what they do in the movie it's very kind of meta in oh, that God. way they're like so who the good. fuck is this yeah, guy so good yeah they're Where all reacting the same way <laughs> like, he's wearing his vicious mag because they make him dress in his pajamas yeah he's <laughs> um okay about that, all right yeah. so leave the weapon for yes god i hope critics like this movie as much as i i hope they did um i'm gonna say critics gave it an 82 or a turn to form and audiences gave it an 87 53 and 64. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Fuck me right? I was thinking maybe yeah. it was going to be that, but I don't care. Um, I voted so he has two more big movies um, in, in his career. Uh, I have not seen either of them, despite one of them being one that you were like, you got to watch this. Um, the first one is Timeline 2003. This is a Paul oh, Walker yeah. movie that oh, I never yeah. saw. I think Gerard Butler's in it too. Oh, really? I'm remembering right. Uh, right. He is. Yes, he is. Um, uh, not a, not a good movie. Uh, I'll say critics 58 audiences, 62, 12 and <gasps> 45. Well, it's not that bad. This is kind of like that. 12. System. Look, 12. it's a bad movie. I mean, it's, it's not only a bad movie, but it's like problematic. I think like, okay, in regards enough. to like what it kind of tries to sell you. On. That's anyway. unfortunate. Yeah. Um, in 2006, we've got 16 blocks. Oh yeah. This is the one I've been, yeah. been throwing at. Yeah. God, yeah. Oh, I hope. Um, all right. I'm going to say critics 74 audiences, 75, 56 and 57. Well, fuck them. This is the one that, that Rachel, <laughs> you're not selling it, man. This is the one that Rachel has mentioned. And I, and I tend to agree would be such a good and compelling diehard four. Right. If okay, we do an it. alternative history and we go off yeah, of yeah. diehard three and now we're picking up the character here. And that's the main reason I want you to watch it. Right. But honestly, most deaf. Very good. Mustaf is 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 just wonderful Very in general. Uh, in this era, I I do dig him. So uh, it's yeah. a perfect John McClane sort of not even final chapter, but next chapter if we could avoid the other. I see. I see. Stars. Well, I will attempt to watch it eventually. <laughs> um, right. So let's just do some wrap up stuff. There's a couple of things I want to mention. Uh, one is that I've been I started the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book. Oh, nice. And I uh, got the little, uh, they're selling book, uh, uh, what is this called? Oh, those <laughs> book are bookmarks. Mark. Yeah, we used to use those. <laughs> it's a way to mark the book place. Uh, Jess what is bought it called? me this. I haven't started um, yet, but Jess bought me the book. I'm about 100 pages in, maybe a little less. And um, I uh, highly encourage that you read it, uh, listening to him on that podcast, which, by the way, was the... Um, uh, what the fuck was that? That was a uh, Dax Shepard's podcast, which is oh, called yeah, yeah, nice. whatever. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is this? Call? I, don't, I don't remember, but I, I do <laughs> like his podcast. I listen to it occasionally. Yeah. Um, but the point is uh, when he was asking him about it, he asked him exactly, he phrased it the way that I 
wanted it phrased, which is, so how do you go about writing this book? What's like, why, you know, and what's the, what's the impetus and where, where does it come from? And, and did you just like take the script and then add to it, you know, whatever. And he kind of explains it better than, better than I, but, uh, but it's a really deep dive into the background of so many things. And I'm only a hundred pages in, uh, into things that you would have never thought to ask about, like, where is Brandy from the dog? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Just, just things where I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I do want to know that backstory. Um, and then of course, giving us lots more character development for, and everybody, by the way, this so. is the way to do that. We do not want a prequel. No, you know, this is, this the way is to a do wonderful it. way to and do you it. You want to cross these mediums, do it <clears> that way. And it, 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 uh, it, it's, it's so much more palatable that it's a book that I can separate it from the cinema of it. That right, if I right. don't like something in there, I'm not going to let it really get me down. Um, but so far I super enjoy it. That's awesome, man. Uh, I look forward to getting into it. Um, like I said, Jess surprised me and bought it the other day and that was exciting. Uh, so. That's a, that's a good gift. Uh, I also want to uh, give you a shout out for your Instagram point break post that you did a few weeks ago <laughs> for Thanks, fast man. and the furious. Um, it, we, we do have an Instagram and we both have access to it. So we just post whenever we feel like it. And uh, that was definitely very funny. It was just very well worded. It was a um, fun one. And it <laughs> and honestly feels like in an alternative universe or in an unacknowledged thing yeah. that these are, the, the, what I said hilarious yeah it was very good, <laughs> very good. Um, and the last thing I want to mention is a totally random note that I had about Inspector Todd from the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy I did not realize <laughs> that he's not an actor what that man is a detective slash inspector <laughs> who has never been in anything else I'm glad you didn't know this <laughs> Why? Why is this true? He, he was high. It, it's a classic like Arlie Ermy type thing where it's just like, we need a guy who does this to come in and consult. And he is Inspector Todd. And he's so fucking good because he's real. He's a real cop in Detroit who, who, by the way, before they filmed these movies, was incredibly... Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, honored or uh, decorated, uh, decorated, decorated is the word decorated. He, all of these great, uh, you know, things and cases that he, you know, brought people he brought to justice and people that he found and blah, blah, blah. And then he Jesus. does this fucking part in all the Beverly Hills. Cops. This is in my office. This is in my, you're right, goddamn it's right. It's not. That is I, fantastic. I just thought you'd get a kick out of that. Wow. If you didn't know that Thank already. you for sharing that. I am okay. floored. That's all I got until the hidden gem. Cool. Well, um, I'll start with hidden gems, and uh, this has been—you know—I made a little list of some that I could reference. You know, right. when we started doing hidden gems, and I, I wasn't necessarily going to pull this one out this week, but now that we talked about sure. it, Richard Donner, Maverick is my hidden gem <laughs> for this week. Yeah. Let me just say, man, you don't have to like westerns, right? And if you like westerns, you might think this is a silly movie, right? But if you just want an enjoyable, fun, like ninety-minute flick ride, sure, with. In my opinion, Jodie Foster, not at her best, obviously, but Jodie Foster is known for a specific kind of role. Right. This is Jodie Foster really honestly proving that she is versatile, in my opinion, and that she can be fun. Like, she has done so many serious things, and it's like the one knock I hear sometimes on her when people bring her up as like one of the greatest actresses ever. Yeah. They're like, yeah, but can she do this? Can she do this? It's a one note type of thing, as good as it is. But she is really 
bright and bubbly and hilarious in this. And the oh, chemistry so between her and Mel Gibson is it's undeniable. Real. It's real. Yeah. I mean, they are as fantastic on screen as like, I know they're any just couple. like good good friends yeah, exactly, um but exactly. it doesn't matter they they are truly a duo they're great it's fun it's got one of the great card chase i'm sorry card um game sequences and and sort of storyline but it's also got all these great fun side adventures and and westerns it, it it's yep. fantastic how they bring in um maverick from the show as the father i mean and there are just so many great lines and moments in this movie it's it's a super fun ride it is a small movie nothing profound about it it is just entertaining and a great kick and I, and it's an audience movie man i i could fill a theater with 100 people i guarantee you 90 of them would have yeah. a great time yes, with yes. this movie so. Uh, incredibly entertaining and it also uh, just being like about poker in a way yeah. it, it's the movie that got me I'm not into poker at all but it got me kind of like oh this is a fun game where there's I agree. It, ju- it just kind of made it more fun than it yeah. is to the degree um, that I started yeah. thinking about Maverick when I was watching Casino Royale exactly totally my point is and I was that like these are the two best card playing card movies. Playing I mean, movies rounders yeah. would be one people would yeah, throw out but these exactly. two are anyway Check out Maverick. Um, I uh, I agree with all of that, and um and so l- that that's great. Well, I, I feel like we got to watch Maverick, and if Maverick is on any of the streaming services, we should just do a commentary for it. I, I would love yeah. that's our next yeah. commentary. I'm I'm with you. Okay, so my hidden gem is a brand new movie, and uh, I assume you haven't seen it because you didn't mention it. Uh, but it's Pig. No, I've not seen it, and I okay. Um, go ahead. First. I'm kind of reserving this hidden gem recently for ones where I see something recent, you know, it's, it's been hard for me to like look back into history and find hidden gems. This, I think right now is the perfect example of a hidden gem because as um, people much smarter than me have pointed out since it came out, um, when you put Nick Cage in a movie now, you are, probably 90% of the time based on probably 90% of his movies in the last decade or two are doing it because it brings an audience, Mm -hmm. but it is bringing a certain type of audience that is on board with Nicolas Cage being a crazy weird guy. Right. Um, one of my favorite things he did in the last few years, which he was crazy in, was Color Out of Space a couple oh, of years yep. ago. Saw that crazy. Loved that shit. movie. Um, and uh, anyways, the point is, but I've also kept up with all his other bullshit. I, wa- I mean, not that I watch everything he's in, but I've tried to keep up. I watched Willie's Wonderland a few months yeah, ago. We're, like, we're fans. We're fans, fans of the yeah. Cage Insanity. Right? Um, this is an earnest return to real acting. Yes, that's what I've heard. And separate from that, I wonder if that's a detriment to the movie because people see him in it and anybody that's not on board is absolutely not going to watch this movie. You're right because I'm – you know who I am compared to just your average film goer. I'm a cinephile. And you still haven't seen it. (laughs) Well, not only that, but I had written it off and thought – Oh, I don't know what this is. I haven't watched the trailer. I'm yeah. not going to get to and it I'll eventually. Until, whatever. Yeah, pop yeah. on a streaming exactly. service. And then last night, now you bring this up. Now I'll definitely check it out. Last <laughs> night, a buddy of mine, Ben, wrote the most earnest write up on Facebook about mm-hmm. how good this is and how people should not overlook this and they should check it out. Mm-hmm. And how it reminds us what Cage can do. Yep. So now you bring this up literally within a 24 hour period. Uh, I, I give it probably... four and a half and a and a heart on the Boom. on the app. Okay, um, I'm gonna have to check it out. And you know, if uh, it it's between probably four and four and a half for me, you know, it's definitely at least a four. 
Yeah. But it's probably a four and a half. Listen. And by the way, I initially gave it a four. And then I slept on it for a day or two and thought about it and talked about it. And then I was like, no, it's a four and a half. Hey, um, I gave Maverick a, a four, but there's a half star and <laughs> there's a half star in there. That's fully just my heart. Right. You know what right, I'm saying? Exactly. Like, that's a seven. Exactly. That I it adds a, a lot. Just that. Three that I get um, it uh, has elements of the best Taylor Sheridan style filmmaking. Okay. But what Taylor Sheridan does is adds, I think a lot of, drama that's not really there you might call it melodrama right he at taylor sheridan uh heightens emotion sort of but it feels very real you watch taylor sheridan movies and you, you tend to feel like okay this is this is uh this is pretty honest filmmaking this is even more so uh it it is a movie that comes from like humanity and love and compassion and all these positive things right. that you would not think they marketed this movie as a revenge movie. Yeah, I know. Uh, John, his Wick. pig is gone yeah, and he's going to go fuck some people up. So I'm not going to say any more about it. Um, other than that. I loved it. Um, give it a chance. Do not uh, have any expectation for what it is. And also, um, yeah, just keep it, keep an open mind about it. It feels one of like one of my favorite movies in many, many years. Definitely. It's probably Nicolas Cage's best performance, um, in a long time, but also the co-star, the true co-star is that kid, Alex, uh, from Jumanji. I forget his last name. And he's really, really, really wonderful. Um, right on. the guy who made this movie has very little credits, uh, and he clearly has a wonderful head on his shoulders. I hope that he gets lots and lots of money. It feels like an A24 type movie. It's right. not, yeah. but like I can see A24 going and giving him a bunch of money to right make on. some movies. Uh, anyway, so see pig. Well, cool, man. Well, we started with dicks and we're in him with a pig. So right. this has been quite a return um, to form for us. Yeah. I'll um, definitely check it out. I'm excited now. We could, uh, we could even end on uh some superman hell yeah thanks for tuning in guys we'll see you soon this was fun